Warning, this show contains mature content and spoilers. Listener discretion is advised. Ah, greetings. Care for a story? One of heroes and villains? Of swords and sorcery? Of romance and treachery? We'll pull up a chair and have a listen. And welcome back to another episode of the RPG Show. I'm your host Nick, and today, once again, I'm joined by two awesome guys. I got Kevin and Kyle. How are you guys doing today? I'm good. Uh, good. I was gonna say this is a, a much enjoyed game we were about to discuss. Yeah, yeah, having a good time. Only been uh, a couple of weeks, so a little different there. But uh, yeah, great game. I think we all rushed through it, honestly excited to talk about it right, i think we set a, a new world record for the rpd show with the fastest turnaround in a game episode <laughs> back to back because <laughs> uh even before it was it was like a month-long episodes for games and it's been what two or three weeks since the previous one that we played so it, it helps that this game is kind of short yeah and uh we already started guess, we already started it uh, when we were doing the last episode, so it was kind of a little cross like carryover. So it's not like we started this right when we fin like we uh, started this before we finished the last episode. So we kind of were already on it. So did we? Maybe you guys. Oh, well, I know Kyle definitely finished it. Wait, yeah, Kyle a long time ago. I had a. I think I had done like one or two <laughs> chapters. Uh, we recorded last Shit. week, so. You really, you really went ran through it, Nick. Uh, well, yeah, fucking because of the cold snap here, my uh, the job, my workplace shut down. So I was like, well, I guess I got a whole week. Might as well just fucking binge TV and play Live Alive, and I did it in like four days. So I'm not too bad. Yeah, I was lucky I got my power back. Because I had I was without power for like a day or two. I was like, "Well, this is gonna be a boring fucking week, freezing my ass off here." Well, I came yeah, back, I so I was able to play and uh, had a great time. I almost immediately jumped into the PS5 stack because I did it on the PS4. But I was like, "Uh, well, I'll play Sea of Stars again and then come back to this one." Because uh, if you, I guess, the uh, cool thing for people that are playing this game or want to play this game and uh, kind of getting multiple like playing it multiple times uh, and you care about trophies if you play on the PS4 version you can just uh, I guess import your save to the PS5 version so that when you play through the game again you can be uh, overpowered I guess already and just kind of crush the content or if you really like care about like speedrunning trophies and shit you can just make a save on the PS4 version at, like right before you pop a trophy 
in each of the areas and stuff, and then just load those saves and pop your trophies pretty quickly. But I would, I would recommend playing the game again because it's fun. <laughs> it's a real fun game, and it's short, so it's not that bad. Or just replay like the ones you like. Right. Yeah. Because like some of there's a couple of them where you're like, eh, I could. And we'll probably talk yeah. more about that in the story where you're like, yeah, there's not, not much happened there. Right. What, yeah. The present day guy, I don't even remember his name. It's like the Street Fighter thing. I'm like... Masa, Masahiro Tuss, Tuss something. Fucking... Yeah, you spend like no time I... with him. You're like, okay, cool. Yeah, you don't learn anything about him but except that he's like, I'm going to be the strongest. It's like, okay, man. That's yeah. cool. Yep. <laughs> That's probably like but, the uh... one and like the caveman one. It's like, yeah. Yeah. Right. Anything else? Yeah, we'll get into that stuff, but <laughs> the uh, the game we're talking about, I guess, if you haven't paid attention to the title of the show, is Live Alive. And there's been some, I guess, discussion behind the scenes about how it's pronounced. But I guess I watched a video and it's Live Alive. But the the logo art is stylized as Live Evil, and Kevin conjectured about stuff about that and i guess it kind of paid off because yeah. one of the lives you live is evil right so it's uh and it's but, uh, crazy like they had that twist like that long ago because i don't think that happens very often in like you know a rpg where like the main protagonist turns well i guess spoilers uh for story already but <laughs> uh does what he does oh i just won't spoil i won't spoil it right away but we'll fucking spoil it yeah one of the main characters play becomes evil because he gets shit on. Where everything fu- oh. fucking fails is for him. Right. But that was, like, the mo- like to me, that was one of the more fun stages before you, like, went bad. Like, that was, more, like, almost more classic RPG, like, gameplay elements. So Yeah. I think, for me, at that point, uh, it was too, I guess, too basic. Because it just felt like playing an RPG when I had just done like seven completely different type of games, almost. Yeah, I just think I'm a. I just like the aesthetic of like Middle Ages type thing, where castles and kings and I don't know. It just feels like comfortable to me. It was the funniest yeah. section though, like when you're leaving the castle and you're literally <laughs> getting a trifle and like the shirt off some dude's back and like garbage, oh, yeah. and it's like this is what games do. <laughs> Yeah, like he literally took his shirt off and gave it to you, and it's like it's kind of sweaty or something. Or I can't remember what the description said. Right. I posted it on here, but I was like, oh, "Okay, that's great." Like you literally see him take it off. It's hilarious. Oh man. But I guess we'll get into the meat potatoes of this stuff. Uh, well, I guess I don't know. If you guys want to like do a little catch up? It's some. It's been two weeks. Have you been playing anything besides Live Alive? Or nope. Uh, All right. Still trying to get the trophies for Dark Cloud 2. Okay. Well going. How much longer you got on that, you think? Uh, I've got 110 hours so far, and I'm about Damn. 60% through. Wow. Yeah, don't ever pick that game. God no, it's terrible. Yeah, it's it's really tough for the trophies. I think I rented that I'm game. I'm doing it out of spite. That's what it is now. That's, that's how you have to do it, man. Yeah. <laughs> but... I think, because I, I, I played the first one, I had the first one on PS2. Yeah, I liked it. And I, I liked it a lot. So I rented the second one from Blockbuster, and I think I made it an hour. Like, I think after you get out of the, 
the the circus tent or some bullshit and like you're in your house i'm like fuck this game <laughs> yeah yeah the trophy list is just like wildly difficult every medal is it's stupid and then you have to get a a monster to the third um evolution level which is level 74 something like two hundred and eighty thousand experience and I believe the most you can get on a single level in the right capabilities in the end game scenario with boosted items is 22k. So, nice. A lot of runs. A lot of runs to get up to that level. <laughs> Have fun with that, man. Yep, we'll get there. Hmm. Well, if you're new to the show here, uh, what we do uh, is we rate and review uh, mainly role-playing games, but sometimes there's other stuff that gets thrown in there. And uh, when we talk about the games, we go pretty in-depth and do a little discussion about the gameplay, the story, the visuals, the music slash voice acting, uh, if the game has a lot of replayability and or extra content, and our overall experiences. And we do a rating between 0.5 to 5, and obviously allowing half scores, because I fucked that up pretty early on and then uh kevin added to that with the less than one rating so you added that the second episode don't don't try to downplay it look man i'm just reading the script that i've been reading for <laughs> I don't years know. now yeah, <laughs> it's fucking, I, literally, I don't know why it's in here because i literally is literally from the show's inception we're doing half scores like yeah well because like, Brent whatever always, Brent always said that that's why he was very bad uh, about the second episode, I guess. He just kept bringing it up. Oh, I mean, that's what we used to do. Just give each other shit all the time. Yeah, that's true. So, like, he would fucking start an episode and be like, here's the cock gobbler himself, Nick. I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> okay. <laughs> What's up? Yeah, he always had some kind of, like, uh, derogatory term, but it was based on the game we just played. <laughs> mm-hmm. Or you just played. And you'd be like, uh, I have nothing. <laughs> right, like, I don't fucking know how to say that. Because it wasn't written down, and he just came it off. I don't know if he, like, was thinking about it or if it was off the cuff, but it's like, fuck, dude. No, he always had that written. Like, he said he, he uh, planned it and wrote it down, so it, mm. that's why it was, like, so much more smoother. Like, if you try to think of it off the top of your head, like, I feel like he would mess it up a little bit, at least one time, but it was always, like, right, like, right on, like, a dagger, you know? So I'm sure he like really thought about those before the episode. No, he uh he definitely cared a lot more than I do about things, so but and it shows. But you know, whatever, we're here. We're keeping the show alive. Yeah. Uh well, like I said, we're talking today about Live Alive, which is a we're playing the remaster or the remake, I guess, version. Uh, which was published uh, by Square Enix in Japan and Nintendo Worldwide, uh, releasing first for the Nintendo Switch in 2022. And then in 2023, it was uh, released for the PS4, PS5, and Windows. Uh, pretty much the scope of the game is there are seven, uh, <clears throat> eight, actually, distinct scenarios that uh, you play a protagonist in, and it's across many different time periods. Uh, and there is a special, like, uh, scenario that unites all the characters that you played as, as the very, like, last chapter, where you go through and you fight the recurring antagonist named Odio, which, uh, when that was, that was a revelation that I did not catch, like, actually playing the game, that all the fucking monsters and shit were some variation of Odio. I noticed uh, that, I just didn't, like, I figured that this was gonna pay off at the end, and I didn't realize, like, until he became the you know, 
the evil guy that that's what it was. Like I was like, oh, his his name starts with an O, and I was like, but I didn't like put two and two together because uh, I noticed all the bosses had some kind of O name. I think I read that by Japan. Damn, I guess I'm fucking stupid. <laughs> I was like, oh, okay. I just, I guess I wasn't paying attention to the names or whatever. The one that stood out to me the most, though, was the, the martial artist dude uh, who you're complaining about, the, the guy where you just, like, it's a fighting game thing or whatever. Oh, the Odie Bright. Right, because he, like, he had, he had, like, a full name. So when he's like, I'm Odio Bright, I was like, oh, Odio, okay, that sounds familiar. See, I got it on the Japanese one because the end guy is Odio. O-D-E-I-O-U is the spelling, so they tried their best to spell a Japanese name as O-D-I-O. I'm like, oh, damn, good work. <laughs> what do they be pronounced, like, O-D-E-O? So yeah, that's what, and that's how they do pronounce it, as O-D-E-O, but then you read it, it's like, oh, 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 right. O-D-I-O. <laughs> yeah, well, because, like, the Tyrannosaurus Rex is just named Ode, Ode or something, Ode, so that's what oh, for me. Yeah. And then, uh... The second guy, well, because I did, so I did all the scenarios in, like, time order, right? Like, the oldest to the, I guess, the newest? The yeah, distant I did, future? Yeah. yeah, I did that, too. Same. And, uh, so, like, like, the China dude, his name was, like, O-Day One Lee or some shit. And, like, so it still didn't, like, click to my head for that shit. And then, uh, then it was, what, the uh, Japan shit? Yep. And it still didn't. I still didn't click for me. And then, uh, was it present? No, it was Wild West. Wild and, West. Uh, and that dude's the Gatling Gun guy. First off, oh, like, a fucking shitty yeah. boss. Uh, and secondly, uh, yeah, the I, I didn't pay attention to his name either because I think I'd take it. It was a couple of days between or the day or something between playing that, and I wasn't still wasn't paying attention to the names. And then. So when the fucking Orsted or whatever is like, I'm going to be Odeo at the end, I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> fuck. Okay. I get it now. Apparently, Odeo means hate. Like, I don't know what the fuck, like, what language it means hate in, but that's why everybody's, they're all named Odeo. Because mm. it has to be uh, Spanish, I believe. Okay. Well, there you go. Spanish. I'm going to take your word for it, because I'm not going to look it up. I'm on the Wikipedia. <laughs> okay. <laughs> That's the definitive uh, answer right there, then. Great. Um, and we were talking about this, I guess, pre-show, but uh, if you're going to play Live Alive, uh, I don't think you should ever play the SNES, SNES version. You should definitely just play this version because uh, it doesn't look too hot on the SNES, and it probably doesn't play that great either. I don't know. Never played it, but... Uh, this is probably, I would say, the definitive edition, and you should play this one. Oh yeah. Uh, I realize it's like sixty bucks still, I guess, for some people, and it might be a bit expensive, but I promise it is worth the money more than a lot of other sixty-hour or sixty-dollar games that play longer that aren't as fun. And I'm sure but we'll have that shit later. They'll go on sale eventually. Oh yeah, I got it on sale. <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember. I remember I bought this a long time ago because I uh, Blaine did a uh, podcast on it, and it sounded interesting. So I just bought it. Th- I bought it some sometime after that. I think probably went on sale and I bought it. So I'll play like 
you know, I put it on my wish list or something, and then when it goes on sale, it notifies you, so that's usually when I'll buy them. If it's not like a game, I'm going to play right away, you know? It's a smart thing to do. I try. <clears throat> well, let's move on to the gameplay section then. So take it away, Kevin. All right, battle system. Um, while there, uh, each kind of scenario has its own uh, kind of different gameplay, um, I don't, I don't know if we want to go through each one. The battling is uh, all the same, thankfully. So you're not trying to like relearn different battle systems all the time. Um, and I think. It's a one, two, three, four, five, six, seven by seven grid, I think. One, two, three, four, five, six. Yeah. So 49 squares. Uh, your uh, party members and the enemies can kind of uh, move across. And uh, depending on, how, on the speed, determines who goes first. And I don't think that's actually true. Oh, it's not? No, I think speed is an, uh, it's another attack stat. What makes you go? Because nothing. Uh, the characters, I think, go in turn order based on how you have in information. So whoever you have at the top goes first, the left goes second, uh, the right goes third, and the bottom goes fourth. Oh, okay. okay. Which is kind of retarded, but, you know, whatever. Because <laughs> I, I, like, I had uh, like Sundown Kid maxed out at 150 speed. Yeah. And... Uh, then like Pogo had like a hundred or whatever, but I had Pogo in the top spot to kind of tank hits and shit because he's buff. Yeah. But he would like fucking Sundown Kid would always go third, like no matter what. I'm like, this dude has 150 speed. Why is he not going faster than? So then I looked up like uh, like best stats for characters, and then some characters like, oh, you only you only care about speed for damage, and then some characters care about all three uh, attack, magic attack, and speed for damage for some of the abilities. I was like, oh, so speed's a damage stat. Okay. Thanks for fucking communicating that game, because that's that's does not make sense to me. But it is what it is. Okay, well, maybe it helps your like uh, action bar load faster than maybe. Because I know, like, I had 150 on uh, Earthen Heartmaster, and uh, he like would always he go like sometimes twice before someone else would go, but. Yeah, I guess I didn't really do research on the stats because, I mean, it wasn't, like, detrimental to the game to, like, kind of... You don't have to min-max. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I wasn't trying to waste time on that. <clears throat> so, um, so yeah, it's a 7x7 grid, and there's different enemies on the screen, and, uh, you know... Everyone has like, which is really, uh, which I really liked about this game. Everyone has their own unique moves for the most part. There are a couple like that. Some other people have that are the same, or like an enemy will have it. Um, I think in the end game, a lot of the enemies have some of the same moves. Like the last final chapter, like have some of the uh, moves that other people have. I noticed some of those, but like for most of the game, it's all unique, different moves. So I thought that was really cool that they designed a. A move for each main character. Even like the side characters have their own moves too. Um, so that that was pretty neat. Even like uh, Earth and Heart Master, depending on which one you pick, they have different starting moves, right? I'm pretty sure. That, but when they level up, they all get their own unique like abilities too. Like uh, yeah. lay. 
I don't remember fucking her second name, Quang or some shit. Uh, she gets like this screen, this uh, screen wipe move. Uh, like it targets every, every square on the grid, and she gets like another one. Uh, that's like a healing move, I think. But then like the the fat guy Hong, he gets a bunch of like food related moves, and I don't know what Yoon gets, so because I didn't pick him. Yeah, I picked him. He's my guy. He has like a lot of like he has a couple. Uh, he has a lot of every kind of move. So he's got some uh, elemental moves and some uh, like, just a little bit of everything, basically. Okay. Because um, the, the girl got like a spirit and like I guess divine. I'd call it like light. Okay. Uh, element moves. Yeah, she, she was fast. I think they're all fast. The the eater was strong, and then the other guy was average. But I think they all get heavenly peaks descent, right? Yeah. yeah. They should all also get all of the uh, earthen heart moves. So yeah, all the ones that Shifu had, you get all those. I think yeah. Um. So yeah, uh, everyone has their own kind of unique moves, and um. But they, they pair you off, like, in the main game, like, with people that compliment you. So if you're more of an attacker, there's some uh, healers, and if you're more of a healer, there's more attackers that are uh, on your on your crew. So it kind of balance. They definitely do a good job balancing it um, in the main game. But when you get to, like, the end game, you're kind of like, I'm not sure who to use in my party right away, unless you, I guess you look it up. But um, it's kind of hard to know who to pick or when you do get everyone like who's good and who's not i mean eventually you, you figure it out because there's like two that two or three that are like head over like way better than the other uh, two or three you get uh in my opinion maybe you guys um disagree well there's a, there's definitely like a, a quote-unquote optimal party for the the end game but yeah. i also think it's a dick move that they actually use the character stats for like when you have to fight them to recruit them because Poco whooped my ass <laughs> multiple times. I'm like, oh, fuck yeah. this. I'll come back for you, dude. Holy shit. So I grinded, I mean, he was the only one that grinded level 16 for the um, the super boss thing. Oh, that's why he was so... so yeah, so he's waiting. Yeah, but like... Yeah, I've tried to fight him with Sun down. He's like level 9. And like I'm doing like 10 damage to him per shot. I'm like, dude, this is... And the guy has like 700 health. I'm like, there's no fucking way... I'm doing this, so I had to go recruit Akira because I made like the chicken launcher gun, oh. and so I just spammed that on him, and it was doing like 120 something damage a hit. I was like, all right, this works. And I wanted to kill uh, Pogo because I wanted the the Coca Cola bottle that I fucking grinded for. So then I just like uh, cheesed everything after that. What's the Coca Cola bottle do? I didn't get that. Um, so it's an item that you use, and it's like uh, an eight directional attack thing. Uh, you can use it as much as you want, and all it does is it, it's pretty much like a, a lizard cannon. It just shoots a bunch of lizards out of dudes, and oh, it wow. it hits like 20 times. It usually misses a bunch of those, so you get like a, a nine-hit combo, but it does almost, to almost every enemy, it does 999 damage. So it's kind so of like it's basically, it's sundown, it's sundown Kid 16th level attack. That's what yeah. it is. Okay. Essentially. Yeah, because yeah. I didn't realize like but, it was that good until like, too late. I was like... Oh, that's just wind damage. Because I, I think I tried it and it missed a bunch of times. I'm like, oh, this is garbage. And then I tried it again and he did like 99, 999 damage. Like, oh, I wonder. I guess I just had got unlucky one time, the first time I used it. 
Well, the, like the resistances between enemies is, doesn't really seem that impactful sometimes. Like some enemies that are like resist resist wind, and you use a wind attack, and it still does more damage and attack that it doesn't resist. So I'm like, all right, well I'll just keep using my strongest attack then. Fuck it. Yeah. Um. So yeah, everyone has their own unique moves. Uh, some, I mean, some are. I mean, some look really really cool for you know kind of a. Uh, pixel game and uh, um, I, I mean they're all like unique so it's, it's really good uh, there's also um, so besides the moves you got items you can use and like we we're saying some are like reusable and some are less like one time use um, I never really used uh, like any kind of like bombs or anything do you guys ever use any of those I Portal. No, like a grenades or whatever. I did, the only thing no, I the only items I used in the game were just the stuff that boosted your stats. Yeah, everyone like in the end game, I might have used the potion number nine to like make sure I did. If someone was like uh got knocked out and they're on like a like lightning tile or something, I would make sure I used that so they wouldn't die. But the main thing I did use was that lacquered medic medicine box to heal. Um, cause that heals you and boosts your, uh, hit points pretty good. Uh, so I use that a lot at the end of the game, but most of the time I didn't use too many items. Um, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, there's a lot of different, uh, unique items you can get and use in battle. So that's pretty, pretty interesting. Um, now there's a bunch of detrimental statuses you can get. There's like petrification paralysis sleep poison intoxication resist restraint snare stun charm vertigo terror i mean there's a bunch of different ones um but i feel like your character is pretty resistant to a lot of things um and then there are well that depends on the equipment you have yeah i guess equipment does do that but i usually have the best equipment i could get <clears throat> um and then there's like like thirteen different damage types, material, oh sorry, mar martial, <laughs> agile, thrusting, slashing, blunt, grappling, projectile, fire, water, wind, earth, spirit, divine, demonic, and void. And most, uh, well, a good deal of them. I won't say most, but a lot of enemies have like a damage that they're resistant to and a damage they're weak to. And usually you have one that they're weak to, and that's kind of what you kind of spam or use on them to t to uh, break them down and kill them. Um, and then on the tiles, there's four different types of damage tiles. So sometimes you have a move, like an ice move or a water move, then you get water tiles. Fire move gets you fire tiles. Um, lightning move gets you some lightning tiles and poison tile. Um, so there's a poison move. <clears throat> and if you're standing on those tiles, every I don't know how often it is, but you'll get to take damage. And another thing that goes ties in with that is that if there's a, an enemy uh, that absorbs it, if you take damage, they will get hit points from that damage that you took. So um, there is some strategy that goes along with it to make sure you, you can change the tiles back and forth. But it doesn't really come into play too often. There's like 
the one time I used it the most was when you're doing that uh, arcade game in the far future. And you have to use some tiles to kind of kill some guys. There's this one where it's like he's only there's like a fire guy and he's only weak to water, but you don't have any water moves. But there's other water guys, so you have to have the water tiles going down. Uh, and then he dies from his own like other, you know, the other enemies on the screen. <clears throat> um, and then the the last thing is there's three different targeting methods. Um, normal, which strikes targeted enemies, penetrating which strikes all enemies in its path, and directional, which only strikes the first enemy in its path. So, it's not like a super complicated game, but it's not super basic either, so it does, uh, you know, it's kind of, I would say, in the middle. Uh, but it's enough to keep you interested, and um, I just like using, like, I, I think they keep it fresh by giving you different moves, you know, for each scenario you go through. Um, do you guys want to go through like the different scenarios, or we want to do that in story, or do that in story? I think. Oh, the story. Okay. Oh. Uh, is anything else you guys want to add to the battle system? Did I missed. Not for battle system. I think we got everything there. Did you mention like turning? Turning. Cause that's important but yeah because you could interrupt uh, enemies attacks by turning them around and shit uh is... no i never really did that oh, okay <laughs> how's that work it happens it's more for the um oh the the street fighter scenario because some of the attacks that you need to have against you they have to be facing away from you to get but it's kind of a dumbed down final fantasy tactics ish like you don't really choose where you want to end up for the most part, but you can turn enemies around by hitting them with the right abilities. Right, and what the benefit for that would be, it interrupts their charge abilities, but also they waste a turn moving back to look at you. I did not know that. Sorry, I, used I beat every uh, single one-on-one -on -one in Chapter 8 with Sundown, is just shooting them and turning them around. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it, it's basically like, yeah, you just, it's repeat yeah. mode they can't attack you yeah, <laughs> the game becomes really easy fun. yeah oh interesting all right that's I all i got to add so. all right so that's battle system uh character growth um you gain experience from uh enemies you know just like it's just your standard character growth uh but i think uh yeah, so every every level you gain is 100 experience points, but as you gain levels, you get less experience from uh, enemies, um, so you can't just, like, get super-powered. Um, I'm sure it took you a while to get to level 16 in that uh, prehistoric times. Right, Nick? I sure fucking did. <laughs> Was it worth it? Yep. I guess. Uh, yeah. I'd say so, because the, yeah. the cola bottle was... It, it made me. It took. Uh, I tried to fight like most of the stuff, uh, like legit. But then when when there was an oh shit mo moment, I'd be like, all right, let me bust out the fucking, uh, like the cheese mode thing and just fucking nuke the, whatever was giving me a problem and like go on, go on about my day. 
And honestly, too, the real treasure from that is the uh, the other item you get that's the plus 50 special attack. It's worthless for Pogo, but when you bring it to Chapter 8, it makes your magic ability users unstoppable. Pretty much. But also, if you kill when you kill the King Mammoth, you get a guaranteed drop that's like a Ring of Fangs or Necklace of Fangs or something. And that's what I'm talking about. Attack, yeah. But also does uh, like full status immunity or something like that. Yeah. So, pretty great. Yeah, yeah. And the Rock of Rocks is something you can get outside the boss, which is the 50 special attack. Oh, sorry, I was getting I was confused on. Yeah, uh, I think I got the Rock, yeah, Rock of Rocks, I got that one. Um, but I didn't, I didn't have any, like, cheesy move. Like, the, the thing I used that was, I guess, the cheesy move was, uh, Pogo's, like, level 16 move. Mm-hmm. Because uh, that, that really, like, melts boss hit points down. And then I had uh, the cat... Oh, what's the cowboy's name again? Uh, Sundown Kid. Sundown. Sundown. He had that. His level 6... Basically, the level 16 moves are what, you know, breaks the game. So once you get to that, the game was pretty... Uh, wasn't... Like, when you first get to um, the last chapter, some like some people are, like level two or five or some low level and then uh you know some are already like level 12 but it's kind of tough until you get to level 16 and you get everyone's kind of final move then once you start getting the 16s you can pretty much beat everyone and uh in that final chapter everyone keeps the, the enemies keep leveling up they give you uh based on your level i don't know how long it goes to or I don't know if there's a max level you can get in this game, but I was like level 22 and I was like maxing stats already, so it probably, probably can't go that that high. Like, yeah. I had like uh, you, you can go level 99. 99. Mm-hmm. I'm guessing like that just maxes everything, but like I already had like, I guess I had some equipment too, but my special attack and speed on some like on the, the Earth and Heart guy was. Uh, 150 pogo had 150 in attack uh sundance had 150 in speed you know so i had a i had enough like equipment that i could get there anyways so um i'm I'm assuming you guys had to kind of the same thing about level 20 ish i mean it was less honestly like the game wasn't tough yeah it's not that so if, no. you, if you don't level pro- enough, the the final boss will probably give you some trouble. But there's enough items you can use to kind of make it through there. Uh, if you're not, yeah, I beat the game by just using the strategy of taking an item that boosted my attack, using Pogo's level 16 until it diminished my attack, and then repeating those two steps over and over and over, and I won really easily. Yeah, so it's not it's not that difficult, but uh, everyone's gonna have their own way of playing, but. Um, I just know that, I guess you don't have to do, get everyone's, like, best weapon, uh, in that last chapter, but I was doing that, and, you know, once you get to that key dungeon, I had to fight so many damn, I guess I could have ran away, but I didn't, because I, I like the fighting, but, or I like the grind a little bit, but I got, I was basically 18 or something once I got out of that stupid key dungeon, because I had to do so many fights, because I kept not getting the the whatever ninja guys that dropped the, the key then eventually once i got far enough i just started running away from everyone <laughs> but yeah 
but you have to to get that one boss anyway. Yeah, you have to get flea a hundred times. Ninety nine runs. Yeah. And a little little uh, I guess piece of trivia about that boss, and there's also another boss in Akira's chapter. Is if you hit him in their back with a certain weapon or a certain attack, they just instantly die. What? Yep. And the uh, yeah. So one has a. There's a robot. There's like if you mind read somebody in a curious chapter, like you get attacked by the robot that's uh I guess uh Watanami's dad. You got put into a robot. And some people somebody somewhere says like his back is his weakness, so if you attack his back with like a curious elbow drop or something, it just one shots the dude. Oh yeah. And also I like did, I did read that the, guide. yeah. The Death Prophet, I think is the running away dude's name. Uh, if you somehow, because he's stuck in the corner, but if you somehow turn him around or like move him and get behind him, and you hit his, you hit him in the back with a with an attack, he'll say something about his tail, like not my tail, and he'll do like a counter attack that says like tail, not my tail or something. Then he he, he does like ten damage to you, and then like insta kills himself. <laughs> so that's kind of funny. That's funny. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, I don't, I didn't have that. Um, heart, like he was kind of easy by the time I fought him, anyways, because it was very very end game, and my guys were all like twenty two. So I just wrecked him anyways. Oh. Alright, that that's basically character growth. Oh, mini games. Uh the one I can think of Captain. Yeah, Captain what was it? Captain something. Captain Square. <laughs> Square? Squire? Captain Square, yeah. Uh, right. Which is in the far uh, future one where you're the robot and there's a video game you can play but it's basically just like battles that you have to use strategy for um, because you're limited in the moves and uh, increases in difficulty like I was saying you have to use the strategy to uh, get the fire guy and the, the water tile to beat that one that was the one I had the I think it sticks out in my head because I uh, was pissed because I couldn't like just you know damage him at all for the first couple times I tried but um what else any other uh mini games you guys can think of I think it's I think I feel like every chapter is its own like mini game basically yeah, there aren't any traditional ones are there the only thing I can think of is it's not like really a, a game but it's like in a curious chapter where you have to you can sell uh Taiyaki people oh yeah that's fair and, like that you can you can choose between like a hundred a thousand or a hundred three hundred thousand and ten thousand yen or something oh yeah yeah and you have to guess which one they will be willing to pay for like depending on which character model they are and shit that that's all i got oh wait the caveman one where uh you have to oh yeah they, the guessing or, shit yeah you have to guess how much guess which well, it's not really guessing. If you you can, if you, uh, can watch the screen, um, it's either like divide by six or divide by five or the. Uh, it's which side has more cavemen? Yeah, which side has more cavemen? Or if it's the, there's another one where it's like which one's the monkey? Maybe I'm retarded because I could not count fast enough the amount of dudes going to each fucking pay bale. So I just ended up skipping the cutscene each time and just guessing. Uh, you it was faster. Well, you just have to count one side, and if it's even or odd, that's how you can tell. That's I, it. Was still going too fast for me to count. So I guess like sometimes it's too. Fast. Getting old. 
but the, most of the time I could like uh, say, oh, that's six or that's or that's nine or that's eight, and then it's like, okay, which one's divided by whatever number? I can't remember like the exact way yet. It's like divide by six or something or divide by five. Well, dude, like I guess like we'll have a, a like a a voice cloud or whatever, right? And he's pointing at one of them, yeah, and one of them. It was like three, then it has five or some bullshit. Yeah. I don't know. I had to figure it out. It wasn't that. Yeah. So so basically, the, the three and the five, there's just a greater than or less than, and you have to pick the side that has more or less. It's it's just counting which one has more or less. There's no division or anything like that. Uh, there's some... I was, I was dividing something. Where, I'm going to find this guide. Hold on. <laughs> If there's a guy that says there's a way to do it, I just like looked and I guessed which one had more or less, and I was right eighty percent of the time. So, uh, well, I pressed R two to skip all the scenes, and I just picked left each time, and I was right about fifty percent of the time. Got through it in like five minutes. So that's that's the strategy I'm sticking with. Cause you don't get anything for losing. Either way, like, it takes about five to ten minutes. Right. <laughs> Okay, take note of the number and pick the hay pile that has enough cave-in divisible by that number. So, it has to be divisible by the number, that's what it was. And it's like, uh, it's either divided by 5 or 3 or something like that. And then, uh, there's the uh, the easy one, it's if it's the gory. So, if there's a picture pointing at gory, you just gotta figure out which pile gory went into. It's. I mean, it's. Yeah. So uh, here, uh, if it's two bubbles full of cavemen, he asks which has side has more or less cavemen. For example, if one bubble has five cavemen and the other has three, if you point someone with three, you select the haystack with fewer cavemen. It's just more or less. It took me a while to figure out that's what it was, but it is three is less than five. So if he points to five, you guess the pile with more. If you, he points to the three, you guess the pile with less. Yeah, the way I looked at it was if it's uh, five, if it's divisible by five, it's got to be an even number. So, or not even number, but I don't remember how I was doing it. I had a way to do it, but I got it right every time. So, anyways, <laughs> move it on. Uh, any other mini games? No. No. Okay. If I think anything else, I'm going to... I'll uh, bring it back up. Uh, I don't want anybody to get mad at us because we didn't get all the minigames, but I think we'll be fine. Yeah. The whole game's kind of a mini game <laughs> in a weird way. Yeah, they're all their... They all have their own kind of elements with that. I mean, like... Sundance's thing, it's like it's a mini game of setting traps or something. But that's the main that's the main game of that section. <laughs> so Yeah. Um traversal, like there's not really much traversal in the game. Um there's like basically just walking around screen to screen. There's a couple uh, is there one or two that have an overworld map? Uh which is like 
the near future has one like that. Um, it's just uh, everything's a little different. It's kind of kind of interesting, but there's nothing like oh, uh, that Street Fighter look like the present day one. You're like you just it's like a select screen for like Street Fighter two where you select which uh character to fight. Um, but yeah, traversal is just you're basic. You're walking on screen to screen. Nothing too uh fancy there. Shops. Uh, I don't think there there isn't any shops that I could think of besides. Uh, if you count, uh, the guys that like in the caveman era or the prehistoric era, there's, uh, the one that takes your items and makes them into something. And the, in the near future is the, the, uh, scientists that will tri you know, basically upgrade your gear type stuff. Is there any other shops you can think of? Uh, I think that was it. Okay. Uh, yeah, just the crafting stuff. Yeah, crafting. Yeah. Crafting and upgrading your gear. It's kind of like, uh, I feel like it was kind of like the Link throwing stuff into the, the fairy pool type thing. <laughs> Trying to see if you get anything upgraded that comes out. Um, what is unique? I mean, this whole game is unique, so we'll go more into detail on that when we get the story, because each... Each story has kind of its unique kind of gameplay elements, so we'll kind of hit that up uh, in the story part. Um, uh, likes and dislikes. Uh, for me, uh, I mean, I liked how the gameplay just keeps you uh, interested because each section, it's its own, basically, a game. And then at the end, it all comes together. Uh, it's more of your more traditional... RPG where you're recruiting characters and finding bo random battles and uh, you know going through the last dungeon type thing. So, um, but it was all very fun. I mean, there are some like we were saying, there's some that are more interesting than others, or some are like you know one hour basically, and you're done with the you know that section. But some are you know can take you four or five hours depending on how much exploring you do. Um, but I had a great time. Uh, I can't really... There's not really much I didn't like. Um, it was all very fun. I liked the different abilities everyone had and kind of figuring out which were good, which were not, having fun figuring that out. So uh, to me, gameplay, uh, it's a 5 out of 5. It was, you know, almost perfect to me. So, um, Nick, what, what are you, uh, what's your thoughts on gameplay? Um, I think gameplay was, uh, pretty good. There were some stuff that I have, like, some, I guess some slight contentions with, like the, uh, the charge mechanic for the abilities, uh, was slightly annoying sometimes when, like, an enemy would interrupt your shit, uh... The, I guess the level of disparity between like uh, a super strong enemy and your characters, if you're not the same like level, kind of sucks because it feels like you miss a lot of attacks and stuff, uh, which is super annoying. And this is like mainly <laughs> like super boss type stuff, where uh, which is like the end game, end game stuff, right? Like it's stuff that's really optional. Like you don't have to do this stuff, but yeah. uh, it was like it was kind of like 
I tried to do like, the, for example, the King Mammoth fight at like level twelve, and uh, all the guides and stuff recommend being level sixteen for hit uh, Pogo's ability. Like, just fucking wrecks everybody. But uh, I was stubborn. I didn't want to grind that much, and I did kill the boss like three or four times uh, at level twelve. But it was completely random if I would be able to successfully do that or not. And I ended up uh, just saying fuck it and grinding out the like levels because it was taking me longer to kill the boss one time than it would have been to just grind out the levels and, and then kill him over and over again for the stupid fucking item drop. But uh, in general, like the combat is pretty great, I would say. Um, the characters having like distinct abilities is pretty cool even if most of them are like useless when you get like a new one like because uh, like each character has like anywhere from like 10 to 14 or something it feels like abilities and some of them are so overpowered that you don't use anything else because there's no system for like uh resources so the only thing that might be a limiting factor would be the charge time on an ability Otherwise, you just keep spamming your strongest ability if that's what you, you want to do. I don't really see a need for, like, status-causing abilities, uh, except for, like, certain niche situations where, like, enemies have abilities that they can, uh, like, uh, change the tile uh, to an element that heals them or whatever, like fire or water or whatever, and you just throw a different, uh, like, status tile over that to wipe that out and stop them from healing themselves. Yeah. Um, I think that's one thing I forgot to mention is uh, after every battle, everyone's fully healed and uh, you, any, you don't keep any of your status uh, effects that you get uh, hit with. And uh, also, you can die basically twice. Well, twi you can keep dying if you get healed. Like, So there's no like uh, Phoenix Downs, I guess, for a better... Uh, or raises or whatever you want to call it, but uh, if you if you heal someone that's like knocked out, they'll have like a little halo over their head. They'll come back to life, and you can keep using them. But if they get hit again, when they have the little halo effect, then they're like knocked out of the battle for good, and they don't get any experience points. Right, which is super annoying sometimes when like there's a tile yeah. under that character and they get hit, and nobody gets a turn before that the tile activates, and they just die. It's like all right, well. Fuck me. <laughs> no, that happened on the final boss. Like, for me, <laughs> it was like, but I, he was almost dead, and I lost Earth and Heartmaster, uh, like, the very close to the very end, and I was like, shit. I just kept going. <laughs> yeah. But. Yeah, at that point, you might as well. Yeah. So. Um, yeah, so. For the most part, I think the game plays great. Uh, like I said, there's some stuff that's not perfect. Uh, but for what it is, uh, I think it's fantastic. So I'm gonna give it a four point five. Uh, Kyle, what do you think? Alright, um, battle system. I did like it. Uh, seven by seven grid with the four characters. I like that each character was a little different with ranges and attacks and all that kind of stuff. Um, but otherwise, um, I think I maybe had a little bit different experience than you guys. Like, this is a lot of stuff I've seen before that isn't that uncommon to me. Um, the charge time I didn't really like, but the movement of 
characters around the screen, the enemies, the different attacks, just, you know, elemental, basically, some things being better than others, whether it's physical or actual magic. It's kind of a lot of stuff I've seen before. Um, I did have fun with it, but I think the biggest difficulty for me is that going through the super bosses right away kind of ruined what the game could be for me because I found that the whole strategy to the game is just using an item that boosts your stats, using the best ability you have, and then either healing until you had that ability again or healing until your stats were back up. So after about the third boss, like the third super boss even in just Pogo's chapter, there wasn't a whole lot of difficulty for me, and it got a little kind of just like, okay, let's just go through the motions and get this thing done. Um, so I did enjoy it, but it wasn't as deep as I thought, and it kind of just got a little stale towards the end. Uh, character growth was good. I did like that the different characters had different abilities that we'll kind of talk about later. Mini games we talked about, not a whole lot, um, but the ones that were there were okay, traversals, whatever, shops, not a whole lot. Uh, this game I did think was pretty unique, though. I think it's nice that you get to play the multiple characters in a combined story. This isn't the only game that does this, but it's probably one of the first. So, you know, you definitely have to give it up for that. Um, I will say the combat was fun. Again, it just got kind of stale. It, it reminded me a lot of the last game we played, Radiant Historia, where you have a small grid-based combat system, and yeah, for the first 10-15 hours it's a really good time, but then you're just doing the same stuff over and over and over again, and it kind of, like I said, it just got a little stale to me. Um, other than that, uh, I did think one of the cooler things is that in the last chapter, which we'll talk about later, when the characters get together, all your characters that get special abilities, you can't just use them all through whatever character you end up picking as your main. You actually have to have that individual character in your party to use it. So if someone gets smell, someone gets invisibility, those kind of things. It's just kind of cool that you have to have a very party to make use of all of it. Um, so overall, I think I'm going to give this a three and a half out of five. And that's mostly just because, like I said, the gameplay is just a little too simplistic at the end of the day and and again i think maybe that's my fault for just playing with doing the super bosses right away so i guess uh, I, to me like uh the i didn't like cheese a lot of the bosses but i felt that it was just so short each section was so so short it was like some of them there's not even that much battling so i guess i didn't really get to uh to burnt out on like i guess some of the longer battles like because like that sundance chapter there's like two battles or uh in the just the far future there's like what one battle or something. And it's funny because you'll see the ones that i picked that i like the most were the ones with the least amount of combat but what might have ruined it also is i did pogo first and i did four hours of combat to start the game mm, so you kind of like ruined it for yourself that's exactly it. And I did the super bosses first too, which Pogo's Pogo's whole strategy is level sixteen attack, all your stats get decreased. Use an item to increase your health and your stats, and then use your level sixteen attack again. And that's how I beat the whole game. But only uh really Pogo has that kind of move. Uh, or did you get or did you, every every chapter you got everyone the sixteen, is that what you did? 
Nope, every chapter I got an item that increased all of my stats, attack, um, accuracy, defense, whatever it was, and then I just used my best abilities, and I would do two-thirds of a health bar per hit against a lot of enemies. Gotcha. I did read, I was reading that there, uh, like different people's opinions on this game, and there's like a clear divide between people that love this game and people that did not, like they liked the game, but they didn't love it. And they all mention the battle system. So I think there's like people who have a, I, I don't know if, if I'd call it like a, an appreciation or just a, like a diehard, diehard affection for like old school gameplay systems versus people who are maybe burned out on that shit and want new stuff that uh, does like, I guess, new things, right? Um, because yeah, it's, then... it's it's not even that. Like, I love old systems. I loved what Radiant Historia did. I thought it was interesting to put everything together, but this is just, like, there wasn't a lot of thought to anything. I don't think for a second in any of the encounters that wasn't a super boss that I actually had to care about what attack I was using or where I was moving. Maybe the ones where you had to beat, um, shoot, was it a Akira, who you had to kind of, like, move through the robot enemies to get to the boss of every attack, or every battle. But but other than that, that was just, like, literally following a three-year-old maze <laughs> to, to get to the end. I mean, like, it, it just wasn't complex enough. I think that's really it. I think that I have the opposite opinion on you, because Radiant Historia is... Uh, essentially the same thing when you boil it down to it. You just have to pick the yep. right attacks in the same order to maximize your yeah. damage or whatever. So yeah. Uh, and, but in that you couldn't move your characters, whereas the enemy is moved around the grid. So it felt more constrained to me than uh, this game because uh, there are times where like an enemy was charging an attack in this game, and I would move that character out of the way, and the enemy would miss the attack and shit. So if you knew, like if you, I guess fought enemies enough, and you weren't just cheating them with powering yourself up and one-shotting them uh like you can learn their attack patterns and like see how to like navigate what moves you think they can do and stuff like that and to me so, some depth to the combat I've, so I've here's what that. i'm saying here's what i'm saying though you can take those attacks use an item and still one-shot them there's no point in moving that sure, was the problem for me if you had awesome. to move would have loved it didn't have to well, you don't. You also don't have to just buff yourself and tank hits. Exactly. Yourself, so yeah. it's all how you play the game. Exactly. But like I said, three out of five. I still think it was good. Um, just not as deep as as I was hoping. Well, that brings us to musical break number one. As has become a tradition, this is going to be a main theme of the game that we're giving to Brent. And I guess this theme's just called Live Alive. And I do believe they actually use this song for the final chapter for the combat. Yeah, they do. I noticed that. So I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah. But uh, here's Live Alive.
Alrighty, story time. Uh, we're gonna do something a little different today because there are so many different scenarios and each one of us had kind of their own favorites. Uh, so I'm gonna let uh, Kevin and Kyle talk about the uh, scenarios that they enjoyed when we get to them. I think we'll just go down like in order of time period. So when it gets to your time period for that character or whatever, uh, I'll let you talk about it, but then we'll kind of go on from there. Does that sound good? Yeah. All right. So no one okay. likes the uh, prehistoric, so you go. You can go ahead and do that one. Right, yeah. So we should just hash this out real quick, I guess. Uh, so the, <laughs> the Japanese period, and uh, I think you said... What, is, what was the other one you liked, Kevin? Well, mine was Chinese, the China one, where you're the Shifu, and you right. go down the mountain. Uh, okay. And the Middle Age one. And the Middle Ages. Uh, I thought you said Jap Japan and fucking Discord, but okay. I probably did, but uh, then I realized that I was I was thinking China one, not the Japanese. China. Yeah. Okay. Okay. And then, uh, <laughs> and then uh, Kyle, I know you had Distant Future, and then uh, I think Wild West. Yes. Non combat. That's what I chose. <laughs> right. Okay. That's cool. Okay. So that leaves me with uh, prehistoric, uh, Japan, present day, and near future. Okay. All right, so prehistoric times. Uh, I would say arguably the worst uh, scenario in the game. And I say that only because uh, the story is there, but it's the most basic bare-bones bullshit story. Like, I think the present-day story is not much better, but I don't... Essentially, uh, the, the prehistoric story is there's a, a girl gonna be, that's going to be sacrificed, uh, the main character uh, falls in love with her and then saves her. Right. And that's but there's, but there's the no, meat potatoes of it. There's no speaking, and so I think it's supposed to be like a right. I think it's supposed to be like a comedy, but it's just it's it doesn't hold up uh, thirty years later if it ever did. <laughs> no. Yeah. I, I, don't... I do. I'm gonna cut in real quick. I do have yeah. to say though, the fact that they don't have dialogue in the prehistoric era is actually kind of cool. It's like they they wouldn't have had language back then, so they speak with pointing and pictures in the text box. It's actually kind of smart. It's. I agree that it's uh, it's neat. I guess that they did that, but from a gameplay and like narrative perspective, it felt awful yeah. to experience that. Like, I don't. I did not get enjoyment of a bunch of characters sitting around going, ooh, ah, ooh, ah, ah, and pointing at shit. And I'm like, okay, can we just fucking go? Like, yeah. I don't fucking care. About, I got the gist of what's going on. I'm not saying uh, it, was, it was totally bad. Like, there were some funny moments in that part where, like, uh, the monkey, what's that monkey guy's name again? I can't remember. But Gory or something? Gyru or something, whatever his name. Where, like, you jump over a hole and he just like walks around to the other side <laughs> or uh, he, uh, he meets like the girl monkeys and he all like has like eight kids with them, that kind of stuff. It, it has a little bit of humor with it, but uh, to, it's like, you know, trying to squeeze water out of a rock, I guess there's, it's just not, not, not that many moments. Yeah. Right. Uh, so essentially, so the main character of this scenario is named Pogi or Pogo, Pogo, Pogo right? Pogo. Yeah. Uh, and he's living with his best friend, who's a gorilla or something, uh, some kind of ape man. 
and they're living in this tribe that uh, just is doing fucking tribe shit. Like go, they go hunting and eat, and then kind of lays around, I guess, all day. Gory. Uh, but... Gory is his name. Was that Gory? Gory. Okay. Um, and their idyllic life is shattered when a uh, female cave person. Uh, shows up to the cave one night and Pogo finds her and tries to uh, keep her hidden in his his cave that he lives in. Uh, but then a, an opposing tribe uh, who is looking to sacrifice her shows up uh, because they're looking for her and they somehow also have developed the technology for cars <laughs> uh, that they use to get around. So they come in with their cars, they attack Pogo's tribe, they kidnap or re-kidnap uh, the girl, cave person, and leave. And since Poco's fallen in love with this girl, he tries to save her. And he eventually is successful in doing that uh, and stopping the other tribe from sacrificing her to their Tyrannosaurus Rex. Uh, but in the process, they fall down to the Tyrannosaurus Rex's lair. Um, and the opposing chieftain gets eaten by the Tyrannosaurus Rex. And your team... Uh, including one of the uh, opposing tribes people who was uh, like finding you every step of the way that uh, joins you and you guys kill the Tyrannosaurus Rex. Uh, that's that's a prehistoric chapter. Yeah, amazing. Yeah, it's good. It's great. Uh, but that brings us to the uh, Imperial China chapter. Take it away, Ken. Uh, so this one, uh, you start off as, uh, they call him Shifu. He's like the, uh, uh, he's a martial, martial artist and he is getting old and he realizes he needs to take on some disciples to, you know, teach them, uh, pass down his techniques or whatever. And, to, uh, this one, uh, this section, uh, has some of the best music to me. I don't know, I just find it like. Each one was kind of stuck in my head, like, oh, that one sounds good, that one sounds good. And I don't ever, like, for me, that's rare. Like, music doesn't usually stick in my head uh, in video games, uh, if you listen to this podcast at all. So I was really uh, excited about that. Or maybe I'm just now starting to get appreciation. I don't know. It's one of the two. Um, but uh, he, uh, go, so but there's three different characters you have to recruit. Um, uh, a female, uh, that's kind of like super fast. There's a chunky, uh, chunkier guy that likes to eat. And then kind of like your standard, uh, you know, good, you know, good, uh, Samaritan, like, you know, looking out for the, the little guy type person that you can recruit. Um, so you go to each little section, you recruit them. Uh, and then there is a like training montage, and then you can go. There's a couple scenes of your uh, as the Shifu you're training. Uh, so you, this is where you can kind of beef up whichever character you want to pick as your final one. They don't tell you this, but uh, as you get through, as you go through this, uh, the two you don't really uh, the two you get the least amount of attention to die when your dojo gets attacked by a rival clan. Uh, and then you go into, well, the Shifu goes by himself to take, re, you know, revenge. 
Um, and then the other guy shows, whoever is alive shows up to help at the very end, and you defeat the other dojo. So, um, to me, it's a lot of fun. Uh, I like the Shifu's personality, and um, I just like the old kind of martial artist type story, so it really uh, kept my interest. Um, I don't even think there's that much fighting in like many battles in this one until you get to the, the dojo part. I guess you can kind of grind if you want, but you don't really have to fight much at all in this one until the end. Um, but I had a lot of fun with it, uh, and it's one of my favorite ones, and that's why, you know, when we get to my music pick, it, my, my pick is, uh, you know, from this section of the game. Okay. Well, I guess real quick on this. Out of the three um, disciples, you picked uh, Yoon, right? The guy with the bandana. Yeah, whatever, the, whichever that one was. Okay, uh, so what made you want to pick him? Uh, I don't know. Uh, the I, I wasn't like to, like the the guy that wanted to eat that was kind of like annoying to me, so I didn't really care about him. And um, maybe it's because like I could relate to more the, to that as a you know, protagonist type thing. So maybe that's why I picked him. Because the other one was a girl. So that's probably why I did it. I gotcha. All right. Uh, which one did you pick, Kyle? I picked the girl. Okay. Is there a specific reason for that or just... Um, I read that it was the only female protagonist in the game, so I thought I'd give her a chance. Okay, that's fair. Uh, I also picked the girl, and that's because uh, I liked her to, like, funky personality more than like the submissive uh yoon guy and like kevin said the big fat guy was just kind of not my cup of tea and yeah. uh <laughs> so i was like all right i'll pick the girl character why not cool. uh all right so that moves us on to japan uh i think this is the Edo period yeah. uh for anybody that gives a shit about that um, and it's a period in Japan where there's like uh, lots of war and shit like that. I think, I think maybe uh, the villain of this chapter is supposed to be like Nobunaga, but they just used like Ode or whatever uh, instead. I, think, I guess he's inspired by Nobunaga, who I guess is like a, a war, who was a warlord of the era, and he was I guess called a demon and shit. And uh, I guess people don't like him too much, but. Uh, for this chapter, uh, you play as Oboromaru, who is a, uh, I guess, a fledgling ninja recruit who works for the Enma clan. And uh, you're sent by your leader to go and accomplish a job here, which is to rescue a political prisoner who was taken uh, by the Odeo guy. And, like, set them free and you're free to use any means necessary to get the job done so this chapter is a little unique as opposed to the other two because there are a couple different endings you can get here uh there's one for killing no humans there's one for killing all 100 humans and then i guess there's another one that's in the middle where you kill some people but not all of them um, and then you can also uh, decide whether or not you align yourself with the political prisoner at the end, or you go back to working for the ninjas. But uh, this chapter doesn't have too much story into it. It's essentially you infiltrate this, uh, I guess, 
fortress. Uh, and you go through it and you uh, kill some of the bosses uh, until you are able to get to the uh, the leader, the Ode guy. And uh, I don't know, can you actually save the the prisoner like yourself before you get there? Because I was follow I was following a guide for the no kill run, so I was following like a pretty specific path. Uh, but I noticed in like the uh, credit sequence, there's like a guy I didn't fight. So I was like, oh shit, <laughs> did I miss some content? Because maybe you can save the prisoner before you get up there? You can, yeah. Okay, okay. Uh, yeah, so I guess there's a bunch of different paths, a bunch of stuff you can explore here. Uh, there's, I know there's two super bosses you can fight. I fought them both. Uh, there's like a giant goldfish. And then, uh, or maybe it's a koi fish. And then like a, a, a ghost of a samurai uh, who's possessing the Muramasa or something. One of the like one of the legendary blades or some crap, and uh, and you get to the end of the uh, the storyline and you kill the uh, Oda guy who ends up turning into like a frog toad demon. Uh, but you kill him, you uh, you save the prisoner guy, and uh, like I said, you can either work go back to working with the uh, Enma Ninja Clan or you can go work with the uh, the prisoner who ends up being. Uh, Fuck, I think his name is Ryoma, Saka something Ryoma, who was like a political figure of the time in Japan. Uh, I guess he was more progressive than a lot of other people and stuff. Uh, so, yep, that's that chapter. Uh, I think next is the Wild West. Um, Yeah, Wild West. It... I like the, did you guys like, what's your thoughts on that, that chapter, I guess? No one else. No one really liked that one, or it was okay. I think if I had been playing more casual, I would have liked it more. But it was kind of restrictive doing a no kill run, and I got robbed of the reward because uh, well, I got the reward, but I got robbed of the um. It doesn't really matter. The like the sword I fought the super. What are the super bosses for? Because I had it equipped, and I guess if you do the no kill run, you get the new sword from the the prisoner guy and it just equips it automatically and wipes out the fucking other weapon he got so i was like okay i fought that super boss for nothing that sucks yeah and i think uh i guess what i would add is that don't worry like i don't think i don't think there's a trophy for not killing anybody so it's not really no and it's not really no. it's not really worth getting that sword because you get a better one in the end game anyways so i would say like i would i think someone needs to like put an amendum on some of these uh, uh, guides and go, you don't really need to do a no-kill run because you're going to miss out on exploring. And I think that kind of hurt this chapter for me because I was like, oh, I'm going to get this superpower weapon and, and you know be good for like the final chapter. And then they don't tell you, like, oh, there's even a more powerful weapon you get you can get at the final chapter and you don't need to do this. So... I would have like more explored more and because there's like a lot of stuff you can go do and uh, that is kind of skipped over. Like I didn't explore any of like the the like the main base thing you can go through and I like I kind of ran through it a little bit, but I was you know kind of there's other like got like other mini bosses you can fight. I'm sure they had some kind of story to it. I think that kind of hurt me on the story on that one. I don't think we missed too much story, honestly. It's just fighting the different guys that are in the rooms. Like, if you do the no-kill route that I did, I went through every room at least five times. 
But you didn't fight the guys. No, but I I mean, all you're doing is fighting a fight in the room instead of just sneaking around them five or six times. Well, I'm talking about the guys that are, like, sitting there that you can just, they don't try to attack you. If you talk to them, they just attack you. Oh, they don't say, they don't say anything? No, not really. Oh, okay. It's just, like, basic dialogue. Okay. Place. Not missing too much, then. <laughs> you are, you, know, you don't have to, but... Uh, I feel like it kind of limits you. I mean, I guess you you can use that ability more often than, you know, if you were just attacking everyone. But, but yeah, I guess there's a different, there's different ways you can uh, play that chapter, so. Yeah, like the, like either the no kill run or the kill everybody run is one of those, like, play it again type deals. And yeah. you're supposed to just kind of explore the first time through. But, uh, you know, of course... Uh, we don't play games like that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so we kind of hurt ourselves a little bit in that regard. But, yeah, like you said, knowing what we know now, definitely don't even worry about a no-kill run or a 100-kill run or whatever, unless it's something that you really, you really like the chapter and that's something you want to try doing. Cause yeah, I would just... It's it. it's mostly a challenge run type deal. Yeah. Do it the way it's fun for you. Don't try to, like, get try to get whatever weapon because, like, like I said, they're... There's an even powerful weapon at the end game, and yeah, it's not worth it. All right, I guess that brings up Wild West, uh, Kyle. All right, Wild West. Um, Wild West, so you start as the sundown kid walking into a bar in a town called Success. Yeah, good Western story. Uh, you get a quick flashback. You're fighting Mad Dog, bounty hunter who's tracking you. Uh, you defeat him, leave him in the dust, pretty standard. And then you head back to where you are again in the, the bar in a town called Success. Uh, you find that the locals are being attacked by a group of bandits called the Crazy Bunch. And uh, after being in the bar and making a joke or two, specifically about breast milk if you choose that route, you'll find yourself on the wrong side of the bandits. Um, townsfolk are going to kind of kick them around with you and ask for some help. At that point, Mad Dog shows back up, uh, pretty pissed off, and requests another duel. You guys head outside, and uh, instead of fighting, the two of you and the villagers are going to get together and defeat the crazy bunch. Good story. Um, this one's pretty fun. So in this chapter, you get about 15 minutes to collect as many items as you can in town. Uh, don't quote me, but I think there's like 7 to 10 different areas that you can collect items from. You go around, get as many as you can, uh, and then you go back to the bar and ask the villagers to help you out. So there's, uh, again, don't quote me, but I think about 8 to 10 villagers who can set different things around the area. The only two that are going to matter, if spoilers matter to anyone, uh, be sure to give Annie the frying pan and Billy the slingshot. They will give you specific scenes that help you reduce the amount of enemies later. Otherwise, villagers go around, set the traps, and the bandits attack. And depending on how many traps you set up, you will defeat that many bandits, which will not be included in the final boss fight of the area. Uh, final boss fight in this one, again, is with Odeo, um, and Odeo, you know, differentiation here. Uh, he rolls in with a huge Gatling gun and fights Mad Dog and the Sundown Kid in combat. Um, pretty easy fight overall, again, if you are able to do all the traps and other things. Um, you will be able to defeat him. 
There's spawned one here. You will watch this uh, Gatling gun toting man turn into a magic purple horse who was um, inhabited by the spirits of his dead battalion from the battle or a battle of Little Bighorn. We're just gonna go with this one. Don't worry about it. Uh, after you find that the magic purple horse has turned back into a magic purple horse, uh, you can choose to duel Mad Dog or leave him. Personally, I chose to leave him. Gets you a little extra scene at the end where you find Mad Dog is then riding the purple magic horse Odeo. Um, otherwise, at the end of this one, town folk get you together, offer you some cash for all the cool stuff you've done, but you know, hey, you're cool, you're the sundown kid, you refuse that shit and claim you're just doing it for doing something good for a change. Um, that is the entire Wild West. I thought it was a pretty fun chapter, though, honestly. Um, I had a good time with this one, not getting so deep into the combat and not having to do a bunch of crazy super bosses. It was just kind of nice to see, um, you know, a pretty simple story and, and maybe only a two-and-a-half-hour chapter that worked pretty well. What did you guys think about this one? Uh, I like this one uh, as well. Like, I thought it was fun doing the traps. And then uh, watching the the scenes that happened and them all falling in the traps was pretty pretty cool. Uh, I de the music in this one's also very good. Um, uh, it really sets the scene and each uh, makes it distinct. Um, I did get wrecked by the boss the first time because I was staying in the wrong spot and he just destroyed me. So <laughs> I learned to move. Yeah, away. that's fair. Um, but it, yeah, there, there's not much battling in this one. Um, so he's one of the ones that when you get, he's kind of underleveled uh, in the final chapter. But it doesn't really take too long to get everyone leveled up. Uh, but yeah, it's uh, very one. Uh, it's one of my favorites as well. So, Nick, what about you? Uh, <laughs> I thought it was okay. <laughs> um, I didn't really enjoy like the time limit bullshit. I don't really like time limits when I'm doing stuff. Uh, and like finding all of the uh, trap items was a little bit of a pain because they did a decent job. Like this one particular thing, the rope, uh, yeah. it took me forever to fucking find because the Those door stairs. blended in with the background or yeah. I guess the foreground and I didn't fucking see the door there. So I was in that building for like five minutes running back and forth being like, I know there's a fucking rope in here. Where the fuck's it at? Uh, so that was super annoying. Uh, otherwise, uh, it's a neat concept that you have to set up traps to kind of whittle down the uh, the crazy bunch and take on the boss by himself. Uh, so you can, it's, I guess, a good uh, example of adjustable difficulty on the player end. You can make the final fight as hard or as easy as you want it to be, depending on how much uh, of the traps and stuff you find. Um, and yeah, the boss is bullshit. Uh, because if you don't know, it's going to use a Gatling gun move that fucking insta-kills your dude. Uh, you don't know to get out of the fucking way. And uh, I lost Sundown Kid immediately, <laughs> yeah. because he Gatling gunned Sundown Kid, and then like had another turn after that. Because a thing we didn't talk about in the combat uh, portion of the, the discussion is that it felt like sometimes when you hit an enemy, especially a boss, they just got a free turn. But, like, Did everybody else notice that shit? I didn't because, know. like, the bar would be empty sometimes, and I had I would have characters that would have almost full bars, but one character would attack like the boss, and then all of a sudden his bar just fills up and he doesn't attack back. I'm like, this is fucking bullshit. 
Yeah. What the yeah, fuck is going on? About it. Like, <laughs> like a, a boss will get a turn for every one of my characters' turns occasionally, and sometimes it just wouldn't. The bar would just not change, like move at all, and I'd get like five turns before the boss could turn. So I was like, I don't know, I don't understand that kind of re- revenge mechanic thing going on. But, uh, yeah, like fucking Sundown Kid got murdered, and then the boss went again right after that because I think the the attack that killed uh like there's like something that was in the way or something I couldn't heal Sundown Kid before fucking Mad Dog got a turn. And dude, man, just killed him. So I was like, all right, I guess Mad Dog's the hero of this fucking story. So I soloed the boss of Mad Dog, and I was like, all right, <laughs> fucking whatever, dude. But I knew to get out of the stupid fucking way of the, Gat- the Gatling gun thing. That's some poor shit. But when you're playing as that guy, Odio, uh, in the one of the in the final chapter, it makes that fucking fight super easy just to Gatling gun both those assholes. So you know, that's that's cool in that respect. Uh, otherwise, the I guess chapter itself was okay. Like I didn't mind like the combat in this game. So to me, just like kind of running around for twenty fucking minutes and like looting was kind of boring. Uh, because it's not like you're setting up the traps yourself. You're just giving NPCs items and they're setting up traps. But that little uh, cinematic of the traps going on, uh, like when the crazy game comes in, was pretty cool. Yeah, I mean it wasn't too long. So I think I think. Um... I followed the guide, so I was just stand. I just like I got done, and I still had, like five circles left to fill or something. Um, so I just like read on my phone for like five minutes. <laughs> uh, you could have talked to the bartender yeah. and asked for a drink, and he'll fill in a whole a dot for you. Uh, I listen to the mariachi band. Okay. <laughs> uh, You'll tell because that's my pick later. <laughs> right. <laughs> Okay. Well, uh, nobody else has anything else I want to add? No. Uh, it was good. All right. On to the present day with Masaru Takahara. Uh, so aside from, I guess, prehistory, this is the worst era? Yeah. Is there a story here? <laughs> I mean, there is kind of a story. You play Street Fighter 2. That's what you do. Right. Uh, essentially, Ryu wants to become the winner of the Street Fighter tournament, and uh, uh, so Masaru Takahara is the main character of this uh, chapter, and his only motivation is to be the strongest person in the world. And to do that, he believes that you have to fight, study, and master other fighting styles, and his method for doing this is entering, I guess, the world's strongest fighter tournament and uh, confronting each of the other fighters that are in the tournament and provoking them to use their strongest uh, hidden techniques so that he can copy them instantly. And uh, you do that. You fight six dudes, and if you like, if you want to, if you get hit by their attacks, you learn their attack, you can use it instantly. Um, you don't level up at all in this chapter or the scenario, but uh, you beat these dudes, and then you fight, like, the super boss, or, or the, the hidden boss, I guess, that would be, like, in that street fighting, uh, or the fighting game, like, where you do the, the arcade mode or whatever, and if you do certain things right, you get, like, oh, this is actually the, the real end, final fight you get. And that's the equivalent for this, like, this dude named Odeo Bright shows up, and he's like, yeah, I fought all those same dudes you fought, except I killed them, because I'm the badass, and that's the only way to prove that you're the strongest, is by killing people, and uh, Masaru is like, no, that's bullshit, and I'm going to use the power of love and friendship that I cultivated with these other fighters and my own tenacity to kill you. So, uh, you kill a guy, you kill this guy. 
<laughs> and that's the end of the chapter. Uh, well, actually, oh, no, no, yeah. There's a, <laughs> it's one of those things where, like, uh, when you're fighting uh, Odeo Bright, he's like, you have to kill people, otherwise they'll never stop coming for you thing, and that's how you prove it's strongest. And uh, so when Masaru kills Odeo Bright, uh, it kind of, like, pans out, and somebody else shows up, and like, oh, are you Masaru Takahara? You're the strongest person. I'm going to beat you to prove that I'm the strongest. So I guess it, it, the implication is until Masaru Takahara is too old to fight anymore, he has to keep fighting dudes who want to challenge him for the title of the world's strongest. Also, the implication is they're there 15 minutes after you kill somebody for the first time. <laughs> right. Give the guy a break. <laughs> like, there's no such thing as trauma. You just fight, <laughs> fight through it. I mean, Odie Obright's body is lying dead next to you when the next challenger's already there. Right. I feel like, like, like hey, here you're the strongest man in the world. You want to fight? <laughs> right. Like, I feel like if I was that dude and I just walked up to this guy who just beat the shit out of somebody and, and killed him, I'd be like, all right, I think, uh, I think I'll come back later. It'll be all right. <laughs> Slowly. Back but, uh, yeah, so this is like the weakest chapter, in my opinion, next yes. to like the prehistoric one, I guess. But, uh, I, I feel like you guys maybe might share the same sentiment. What do you guys think? percent yeah this one was like i was glad to be done with this chapter in an hour and 10 minutes yeah i mean it's nice because i mean it's, it's a short chapter but i mean they why even include it i mean i don't you don't even like does he get a, a level 16 move because like there's no other move if you learn all the moves from all the guys he doesn't like level up and gain any other moves but I never got him to level sixteen, so I don't know if he got something else. Do you guys know? So if you mm -hmm. don't learn, if you don't learn the secret move from Jackie, then that's his level sixteen move. Yeah. Oh, so yeah. So I had all his moves. Awesome. Right. Yep. So that's kind of disappointing too. It's like it makes him kind of like a boring, really boring character because like everything happens in that one hour, and there's no other like discovery for him. So, uh, yeah, I never like he's the only one that I definitely didn't use. Um, at the end game. Uh, I used him only because I couldn't beat Pogo. And I was like, well, let me just do this guy's fucking dungeon first. And then maybe I'll level up Sundown. Be strong enough to kill Pogo. Yeah. And so I got him to like level 16. And his stats were okay. Like, Yeah, he's got a really good uh, attack. He's like... the Yeah, empty defense and good health. Like he's, I guess besides Pogo, he's the only other tank character. Yeah. And he does that okay, but he's weak as fuck. Like, his moves are all weak. Even his strongest move did, like, half the damage as uh, the uh, Earth and Master, uh, like, her strongest move. And yeah. I was like, all right, fuck this guy. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Alrighty. Well, I guess we'll move on to the near future. Near uh, and, yeah, I'll just make sure everybody's done. Uh, so this chapter is about a psychic orphan named Akira Tadakoro, and uh, this is my personal favorite chapter because I like the aesthetic. It's a it's a giant robot uh, themed chapter, and uh, I'm all about giant robots and like it's very anime esque. And the main character is uh, like a punk, and I guess I'll always be an edgy teenager at heart because that's my kind of jam right there. <laughs> 
so this guy, uh, when he's a kid, his dad is a cop, and he gets murdered by uh, a biker gang member. And he, him and his sister get thrown into an orphanage. Uh, and as he grows up, he learns that he has psychic powers. And uh, they're mainly limited to like just mind reading, uh, reading people's thoughts and stuff like that. And as he gets uh, older and, uh, I guess, becomes more of a punk, he decides to go out and kind of like do his own thing. Because uh, he's getting too old to be in the orphanage or whatever. Uh, and as the chapter starts, uh, he gets accosted by the market gang. They're called the Crusaders. And they have been kidnapping people for an unknown reason. But he is saved by uh, this guy named Lawless, who shows up on his motorcycle and beats the shit out of the Crusaders. Uh, and come to find out that Lawless is actually uh, a guy named Matsu, who as uh well known with the orphanage's caretaker lady i don't know exactly what to call her matron maybe um and he kind of uh he runs a takoyaki shop that he runs outside of the park and he goes around and like beats the shit out of the crusaders when he can, when he sees them stuff like that uh essentially the story moves on uh you get uh your sister you find out she has some, some kind of disease, and uh, so she's like bedridden all the time. And she's got a pet turtle that is dying, and she asks you to go see uh, the doctor and bring him in to save the turtle. And his solution for that is to liquefy the turtle and put him into a turtle robot. So you get a party member that's a turtle in a robot, which is fucking weird. Uh, and it kind of follows you around everywhere. And uh, time goes on a little bit further on, and the Crusaders show up, and they kidnap one of the kids from the orphanage. Uh, so together with Matsu, uh, you kind of chase them down, and you get the kid back, and you learn that the, the local government, I guess, the, is working in tandem with the military to do kind of uh, some shady shit. Uh, so you go to their uh, base of operations, and you try to figure out what's going on. While you're in there, you learn that uh, the government has been kidnapping, uh, or has been using the Crusaders to kidnap people to sacrifice them and turn them into liquid humans in order to uh, be like used, I guess, as fuel to uh, revive this old god named Odeo. That is, uh, like, there's like a statue of it in the town shrine that's being worshipped by some guy. I guess a priest. Um, and you decide that uh, you need to stop this. And uh, earlier on in the story, when you're working with a doctor, he uh, tries to activate this giant steel robot called the Steel Titan that's underneath his, I guess, uh, antiques shop. Uh, when you're there, the first time, you're not strong psychically enough to power the robot because it's powered by psychic energy. Uh, however, when Matsu learns about this, he uh, goes out and he eats a bunch of matatanga, which I guess is a fruit or something. Um, but for some reason, this particular thing gives people psychic powers, and he uh, eats too much of it, but he gets a lot of psychic powers uh, in return. 
And he uses that to power up the steel robot, the steel titan. And he goes and uh, saves your orphanage, which has uh, become under attack by the Crusaders. It gets uh, lit on, I guess, lit up on fire. And Akira goes in there to save his sister, and they are all both saved by Matsu. And everybody goes inside the steel titan. And uh, Matsu ends up burning himself out uh, and dying uh, because he goes too hard with the psychic energy. And I guess it inspires Akira to awaken his full potential. And he controls the Steel Titan and uh, goes to fight the now, uh, I guess, awakened Odeo idol. Uh, and there's a epic uh, showdown between the giant robot and this giant uh, fucking statue thing. Uh, you destroy it and you win. And uh, you save the town from being, I guess, sacrificed anymore. Uh, there's one thing I forgot to mention is that uh, you learn that Matsu was the one that killed Akira's dad because he was the original leader of the Crusader gang. Uh, but he, he learned, I guess he realized that what he was doing was wrong and he changed his ways, kind of thing. Uh, but yeah, good little anime esque storyline. And uh, I liked the chapter a lot because it had like fucking stupid punk kid doing punk kid shit, like. Uh, cussing and stuff like that, and uh, I thought that was funny as hell. Uh, I did notice that the chapter was censored a bit because a lot of the stuff you can get from having like the little kid Watanabe uh, give you stuff when you're on the toilet uh, is like equipable items, but they're like like called weird shit, like a picture of the uh, the matron or the matron's secret stash and stuff like that. And so I looked it up, and actually, a lot of the original. I guess content, what it's supposed to be is like her panties or her uh, like lingerie and shit like that. So I guess I can see why they changed that because it's a little weird to have a kid be stealing like fucking panties and shit. But that's what it is. Uh, so Kevin, what did you think about this chapter? I liked it. Uh, it wasn't my favorite, but uh, I did like the story and it was fun. Uh, reading people's minds and. Have a little robot buddy. Uh, I guess that's a, that's another mechanic we didn't. Uh, I, I guess I forgot to mention when we we're doing gameplay. Robots don't level up. Uh, you can only use like part like some kind of uh, parts that upgrade them, um, and then they can equip different like different uh, accessories they equip. Give them different moves. Um, so you get a little that turtle robot buddy. Um, the only thing that was weird to me that uh, for the story, which like uh, it's not a big deal, but I just noticed was that um, when they do the when he comes to the orphanage, he's a kid, uh, and everyone else is a kid, but he's the only one that's grown up. Like in the flash, like when everyone moves forward, which is kind of like I don't know. It was just took like it was weird to me. I don't know. Did you notice that? <laughs> Oh, yeah, I just thought it was implying that he was, like, 10 or 11 or something, so he was still technically a kid, and everybody else was, like, 5 or 6. So when they move forward, like, 5 or 6 years, he's a teenager now, like, 16, 17 or something. They're still, like, 10 or 11, so they still have the kid sprites. That's the only reason reasoning that I could come up with. Yeah. That was my thought, too. Okay, I was just like, that's just weird that he's the only one. You know what I mean? So that that's all, that's the only thing I could like that was weird to me about it, but everything else is cool. Like, yeah, that there's like different like 
we were saying the mini game and the um the item thing where you can upgrade your items to different things and the toilet th- yeah there's a lot of cool little things which um yeah it was fun Kyle what's your opinion on this yeah um I like this one uh, better than some of the others. I uh, thought it was interesting. Kind of like having the overworld map in uh, this chapter rather than the other ones. Otherwise, um, the only thing about this one I didn't like is I felt there was a lot of uh, walking between the robot and the, the laboratory um, that you were in, and I felt like it was a little too long on that end. Um, but the Steel Titan was super cool, and I think a lot of the music was fun in this one as well. Right on. So that brings us to the Distant of Future, so tell us all about that one. Right, so this one, uh, again, super story-based. Um, you play as Cube, a robot who is eventually named Cube. Um, and like I said, uh, like my other one, not a lot of combat here. So you and your crew are tan- transporting a mysterious entity back to Earth. On the ship, Kogitu Ergo Sum, uh, I think therefore I am, just in case anyone speaks Latin here. Uh, you were made by a scientist named Cato, and he creates you, and he names you Cube after a few other jokes, one of which is very important later. You meet your other crew members, Huey, Captain Darth, Rachel, and, or not Captain Darth, uh, Corporal Darth, I believe, Rachel and Kirk. Um, you grab uh, some coffee for everybody in the rec room, which becomes a pretty important thing in this chapter as well, and eventually find that uh, your soldier buddy Darth is not very friendly with robots. Uh, eventually you meet the ship's AI, Decimus, and you are uh, asked to repair an antenna. During this little repair quest, you find that the crew uh, fights amongst themselves pretty seriously, more than expected. Um, while you're getting ready to leave the ship for repairs of the antenna, you'll find that Kirk's suit malfunctions, and unfortunately he ends up dying, which causes a great amount of distress amongst the crew. Um, and in this one, like I said, it's a mostly story, it's a big mystery, so the mystery is kind of finding what happens. Uh, after this point, you'll find another explosion on the ship. Uh, crew finds eventually that Kirk's body is missing, and it is found that it is in uh, Rachel's room. Apparently, the two of them have become lovers on the ship, and uh, Rachel is not taking the loss very well. She gets a little wild and accuses the crew of killing Kirk, and then receives a message on her intercom system from Kirk asking her to join him outside the ship. Uh, she, again, being a little crazy, goes and tries to join him outside the ship, uh, and the other crew members stop her. So during this time, it just so happens that this mysterious entity they're trying to bring back to Earth, which is called Behemoth, uh, unfortunately is released and begins to attack the crew and ship. Uh, you will see at this point in the game, as you're running around with uh, Cube, your little player, that if the behemoth runs into you, it is an instant game over. So it kind of changes uh, to a little cat and mouse game um, rather than just movement, which uh, which is a little fun. You got to move through some different stuff. You get an item that lets you only open a certain amount of doors and uh, kind of thoughtful in that aspect, at least. Uh, continuing on the story, you'll find that uh, Rachel and Huey, um, after you guys all get together back in the rec room, they're going to leave uh, to have a little further discussion, and both of them end up getting attacked by the behemoth and end up succumbing to those wounds. Uh, so unfortunately, the crew again is getting diminished. 
Cube is then sent to get access to the captain's quarters to see what's kind of going on on that end. You dodge Behemoth a couple of times, get the code, and then uh, you finally go and find uh, the captain's quarters. Once you access them, you unfortunately find him dead as well. Uh, you will find a message in the quarters from the military asking Corporal Darth uh, to monitor the behemoth if it does escape during the voyage. And you'll actually see in this message that the uh, the military says that the behemoth is far more important than the lives of any of the crew members, including Darth himself. So it really seems that, you know, there's a little bit of conspiracy on Darth's end. Try to find some more information on that, um, and you will eventually return to Kato, your creator's room. In that room, you find that there is a replica or duplicate robot of yourself that has attacked him. Um, you play a little, little game of Who's Who, and that joke I mentioned earlier, one of the funny names uh, suggested from Kato, which ends up being Roundy, is the answer to tell the two of them apart. And after you do so, you will find that the ship's uh, AI, Decimus, or uh, as it likes to call itself now, OD-10, O-D-I-O, is behind all the deaths of the crew members. Uh, seems that the AI found the crew is far too fractured and fragile to work together anymore, and its only solution was to kill off the entirety of the crew. Uh, so you and Kato and Darth need to find a way to defeat this AI, and that uh, is found through a computer that Kato kind of hints you about that you eventually find is your Captain Square minigame in the rec room. So you take Cube to that little rec room area, you boot up the uh, Captain Square minigame, and you go in and you defeat the AI, therefore stopping it from killing the rest of the ship and crew. Uh, you'll find that Kato and Darth end up surviving. Darth actually kills the behemoth. Super proud of that guy. That was really impressive. And uh, you end up wrapping this one up by making Darth a nice cup of coffee. And you're sure Earth. Yeah. Pretty good time. Um, I thought that was uh, quite a bit of mystery there. I, I will say I was a little bit... Uh, I wouldn't uh, be able to pick that one out um, just from starting the game right away. And I thought they had a really good... Um, series of reveals along the way on this one. Uh, what about you guys? What did you think about this? Um, I thought it was okay. I like that it was more of a horror uh, like game kind of thing when the behemoth started chasing around. Uh, it definitely got my uh, heart rate up. <laughs> like hearing the fucking stomps coming and seeing the thing uh, like in the path ahead of you. And I was like, fuck, shit. Uh, it's okay. big on the screen, too. Yeah, it kind of reminded me of playing like Resident Evil 2 Remake with the fucking uh, turret stomping around and shit. So, uh, definitely a lot of tension there. Unfortunately, I've watched a lot of like sci-fi AI stuff. So as soon as they brought, uh, like Kato brought you to the AI room, it's like, this is our AI, uh, OD10 Decimus. I was like, oh, that's the bad guy. Okay. <laughs> Got it. Yeah. Because uh, as soon as like people started dying and shit, and, like it was all mysterious. And people were like, oh, no, I didn't do anything. I'm like, yeah, because the fucking AI did it. All right, let's, let's go. Uh, so unfortunately for me, like I guess, uh, expo overexposure to the like media uh, like that has ruined that for me. But for the time, uh, like 1994, it would have been a pretty cool like plot twist reveal type thing. I think. Yeah, I'm. Uh, yeah, I'm kind of on the same page as you. I've watched too much sci-fi, and when there was like a comment like. That's weird. The captain's not here. He's only on screen. He usually is always involved with everything. 
and I was like, oh, it's probably AI, you know, they've probably taken over the ship, uh, so, I was like, that's, hmm, that's funny, and then, like, when after, then, then the next thing, it was like, the, the, uh, suit malfunctioned, and he's like, I checked it three times, blah, 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 I'm like, okay, kind of knew what was going on then, and then it was kind of like, you know, the movie's, like, kind of like the alien movie, where the aliens get set free on the ship type thing, <laughs> So it was, it was kind of like, yeah, I've seen this before, so it wasn't as uh, good for me, and like I got kind of bored because uh, it's a lot of dialogue and not, you know, the mix of battle that I like, so um wasn't my, one of my favorites, but it was still interesting, um, but, you know, it's kind of, I mean, like you said, probably 94, it was probably really cool, but yeah, we've kind of done this before, so it wasn't a top one on the top of my list, so. I think if they had not i guess tried to portray it as like a like a murder mystery thing it might have i guess been i don't know easier for me to digest or i guess enjoy more because yeah. like the giant robot thing like that chapter is my favorite chapter and that's so fucking tropey like yeah. i've seen that millions of times before but it kind of like embraces it uh and like this chapter they tried to i guess it's like so it's supposed to be a mystery, but the mystery is no fun if you already know the ending, kind of. Thing. Yeah, yeah. So that's uh, probably, that's like, probably you like the better Kyle because you, you you didn't figure it out or you didn't realize it or whatever. So you right probably... like there's there's more mystery in this the, the Middle Ages chapter with the uh, I guess you'll, you'll talk about it, but I I was more surprised at that uh, reveal than this one, unfortunately. But yeah. I still think it was okay. I, I could have done with like more like actual combat. Yeah. <laughs> like I know like yeah. the Captain the Captain Square thing. I guess it's supposed to be like a tutorial for if you for people that pick this mode first and they don't because there's no combat. So like it lets them experience what the game like the, the combat's like uh, a little bit. I guess I guess that's the whole point of the, the Captain Square thing. But uh, for like the fact that you don't get anything for doing Captain Square was really disappointing because I. Like, I read that you don't get anything from doing it, but I was like, well, I kind of want to experience everything in the game. So yeah. I got, I pushed through and did the, the thing, and it's just like, oh, yeah, you get credits for winning. I was like, fuck. Yeah. Why did I do this? Uh, I did. I was the same way. I was like, they should at least have had, a, like, a trophy for it or something, but uh, I went through the whole uh, Captain Square. And, yeah, it was, I didn't, like, cheat or anything. I, I figured it out all by myself. So it was... I at least had like some kind of felt like accomplishment when I did it, so I was like, I'm gonna do this. I don't need to look up guide for this kind of thing, and uh, so yeah, it was it was that part was okay, but yeah, like I said, I wish there was and I I didn't do the Captain Square, but I think I like this more because after the near future, like I don't know about you guys, but I I got to like level. 15 in that chapter just from basically fighting around in the streets because the experience was easy like i just needed a break from the combat and i think it was nice to have those chapters honestly yeah i mean it w i think uh me and nick are more kind of like a grinder like we kind of like we enjoy the battling uh i think we're kind of like alike in that aspect so right like, uh, yeah. my stupid ass, like, playing Sonic Frontier grinded all of the abilities for all the human characters and shit. And that's, oh. 
Dude, trust me, I got to level 99 before the Guard Scorpion in Final Fantasy VII. I respect grinding, but oh, I just, shit, in this game, I just couldn't do it. Yeah, I mean... I feel that. Yeah, you didn't like the combat. We like the combat, so we like the grind, so we like more of the, yeah. the, battles, the battle stages, and you, you're not, it's not your cup of tea, so it, it is what it is. Not, nothing yeah. about it. Yeah. Okay. Well, that brings us to the Middle Ages, Kevin. So let us know what that's all about. Uh, yeah. Um, this uh, chapter start. Well, it's like a, a secret chapter uh, that pops up after you beat all the other ones, <laughs> and it's Middle Ages. And you start off uh, basically kind of like a, a a tournament or gladiator tournament kind of type of thing. Um. And your character has to fight a battle, and um, there's another character that's fighting a battle next to you. And then after that, after you win that one, you gotta fight that guy. Do you guys know the names? I'm trying to look them up, but I can't remember. I'm so bad with names. Um, oh, the characters? Yeah. So uh, you got Orsted, and then Strabod, Strabo, and, and Alethea. So yeah, Princess Orsted, and you fight Strabo, and you beat him. Uh, and I think you start at level one, so it's like you're starting from scratch. You beat them, and I was like, is this going to be one of the ones where everything goes your way, or is this kind of like uh, one of those things where it's going to go really bad? I was like, it could go either way on this one. So at first it's like, oh, it's kind of like relax and chill, and you, uh, I'm like, okay, this is probably going to be where the princess gets, you know, captured super mario brother style and that's kind of what happens you go and get married and you're on the balcony and uh big old dragon shows up and you fight one you beat you beat him and then um another one takes away your wife so then uh the king has you go on a mission to uh, i guess the big bad uh the lord of the dark or whoever is back is what you get is what everyone kind of realizes so then you're on a mission to go save uh, the queen, or I guess the princess, I guess whatever you want to call it. Um, and there's some, uh, I think we're, I don't know if we talked about this pre-show or the beginning, but there's a humorous moment where, you know, people are giving you items. You can get like 99 of uh, some kind of accessory. Uh, if you keep asking, if you keep talking to one guy, one guy literally takes his shirt off and gives it to you. <laughs> and it's a pretty funny scene. I'm like, oh, that just happened. That was hilarious. Um, and then you start your, your, uh, your journey. Uh, as soon as you get outside the castle walls, the guy you beat in the tournament is like, Hey, I want to join up with you, uh, to help save the princess. And you're like, okay, cool. Um, oh, the guy, so you're going to, uh, find the long lost hero. Uh, he kind of went away after he saved uh, the kingdom the first time, like from the dark one the first time. So you're going to kind of on a mission to go find him. Uh, you go to the other town and, uh, you look at the shield and, uh, then there's this uh, other place called hero's peak. Well, what's at the peak? That's where the hero is. Um, however, when you try to talk to him, he doesn't really say anything, but you see another shield that is just like the one you saw in the town. So then you go back to the town, and that's when you meet, uh, can't remember his name either, 
uh, kind of like the old kind of like healer type uh, character who your anus. Oh, Uranus. You're right, Uranus. <laughs> How can I forget that? Uh, so you you meet up with Uranus, who was the hero's companion when he took down the the Dark One, uh, and he's like. Uh, the darkness. You tell him the darkness has returned. He's like, okay, we gotta go. Uh, you know, talk some sense into my 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 friend. So he goes with you to the top of the mountain. And at first, it's like, oh no, he's not gonna, you know, not gonna join us. But of course, he does. Um, and uh, just side note, like a lot of a lot of the battle in, uh, animations on this one, I really enjoyed. Like, you, there's like a move where you like jump across the screen, and there's some like. The, uh, the the hero the old hero guy has some really cool moves that I really liked, um, and I I posted a video of the, like the final what one what you think is the final boss fight um, on the Discord if you guys want to check that out uh, from uh, well it's on YouTube but I posted on the Discord in the Level of channel and uh, so anyways uh, you get your, the gang together then you go you have to go get the uh, find the sword that can open the path. You get the sword. You go uh, fight the um, the uh, final boss, or what you think is the final boss. You win, and when you win, the uh, the hero basically, you know, was. I don't know. Did they say what was wrong with him, or he was just kind of like weak, and that battle basically like took the last of his energy and killed him. He died from it. Yeah, I think he had the plague or something. Yeah, he had some kind of uh, some kind of sickness that he was hiding the whole time. And he dies. And when that happens, like the uh, you know, stereotypical the, uh, the castle is, you know, falling down and you have to kind of run out of there. And as you're running out, uh, the other mage guy that was you, know, you fought in the tournament gets trapped behind the door, in air quotes. Um, and you get away, and you go back to the castle to say uh, you you did not save the princess because the uh, av like the the castle is kind of falling down around you or the base or whatever you want to call it. And so everyone's kind of disappointed and they, you know, you kind of like go to sleep it off and kind of regroup the next day. But then that the guy shows up uh, and kind of like basically puts some kind of spell on you where you think uh, the castle's being attacked. You end up killing the king. And this is where kind of things really start going dark. You kill the king and you get kind of kicked out of the kingdom uh, Uranus, uh, gets, uh, detained into the jail, um, and he kind of, like, takes one for the team and it lets you get away, but for some reason you just go back to the town, like, go to the other town and you just come right back and you just, like, give yourself up, basically. That kind of part was a little bit weak in the story where just kind of things just happened, I guess. Um, so then you get... Uh, trapped in the jail, Uranus uses the lasso's power to set you free because you have like a little talk, and he's like, "You can't give up," type thing. You get rah rah rah. So then you go back to uh, the uh, castle, the the Dark One's uh, stronghold, 
you make your way all the way back to where you fought the dark one and you you check the uh, statue and there's like a little uh, like hidden passage where there's some stairs that go down underneath the statue and you keep going farther and when you get to the end uh, there is the what's that guy's name again the other me huh Drabo? Drabo, yeah. Drabo's there, and uh, he was... Which, this kind of... It's kind of weird to me. Um, but Drabo uh, was the one doing this because he was uh, also in love with the princess. And so he captured her. Well, I, I guess it's kind of confusing because it's like, did he really capture her at first or was like he just took advantage of the situation and then uh, when we, you fought the fake Dark One or the remnant of the Dark One, um, he just took advantage of the situation and then was in control of the, at that point and was going to, you know, basically... Uh, I think he found, like, the hidden passageway and it was like did some magic woo-woo shit and was like, oh, fuck, the place is gonna collapse, we gotta get going. And so he faked his death so that he could save Alethia himself. Right. And because he did that, he was able to control a conversation, right? So he probably told Alethia that he's the only one that cared about her, he's the only one that showed up. Yeah. Orsted's a piece of shit. I really uh, love you. Fuck he him kind of thing. Yeah. He doesn't really love you, he abandoned you, I, I'm the one that came after you type thing. So, right. Yeah, he takes the credit. So then... Yeah, he takes all the credit, and so then when you go and so you have a final kind of show off showdown with him, you beat him, he dies. Alethia gets all ups, upset because uh, she thinks you're the evil one, um, and that you killed someone, the, her her true love, and so she you know goes ahead and kills her kills herself, and so basically. Everyone thinks you're the evil one because you killed the king and you got kicked out of the kingdom and then you kill a bunch of people trying to escape and you killed everyone else and then the one woman you thought loved you really didn't love you and then killed herself. So basically this guy just had like a shit ton of trauma just dropped on his head and he makes the dark turn, which... Uh, I think this might be one of the first games that kind of does that. I don't know if there's a game that does that before 94. There might be something, but uh, I'm sure at the time that would have been like uh, a crazy revelation. Um, I was not really surprised. I mean, I was surprised. I was like, oh, that's cool that they're doing that, but I wasn't like, oh my god, I can't believe they did that. You know what I mean? I don't know if you guys kind of felt the same way, but I wasn't, like, shocked because it's, like, a cool, like, hey, that's a cool thing. Um, they don't really do it that often in games. Uh, I thought it was cool that, uh, you, like, your protagonist becomes a villain, but I did think that it was a stretch uh, of, like, the circumstances that brought him to that point. Yeah. Like, that would make him just oh, decide that he's just going to kill every human that ever existed kind of thing. I'm like, that's, that's a bit much, dude. Like... Yeah, like a, like a lot of these stories, they're all kind of more tropey and basic, but you the characterization and, I don't know, like the music and the gameplay all kind of make it, kind of prop the story up. Because I guess if you kind of look at the story as a whole, it's kind of, 
I guess it's basic, but it's like you also gotta think it's like okay, if this is a Super Nintendo ninety four area, which at the time I think would be you know really, really really good, it would be like at least the top, you know, top five or top ten RPG for the SNES. I think if it made it over here, so. I feel like what was implied is that that the place that he was in was a like a, like a focus for dark energy, and because he had been subject to like this all this negative uh, like trauma and stuff that impacted him, he was his I, maybe like his soul was weakened and he was he was able to, uh, to be overcome by the darkness that was like in that place, and that's how he became. Odio, because like this dude had like no magic at all, and then suddenly becomes like the strongest magical demon lord dude like out of nowhere. I was like, all right, what the fuck's going on? So they could have, I think, explained that. Better. Explained, yeah. yeah, like how the fuck he got, he became that powerful because like he becomes powerful enough to like rip people out of time and summon them to his like time period and shit, and then it's not like really. So uh, the yeah. show anywhere like what like how the fuck that happens and you're just supposed to kind of just accept that it's a thing that's happening, which I know like people are like oh it's a fucking game whatever but it's like when you're watching a show or you're consuming media and like they establish rules and then they just like break those rules for no reason, it's not the fact that like stuff's happening it's it's that's the fact that it's happening and there's no explanation within the the rules that the the, the thing that you're experiencing has established. Like for this thing to be happening, it just it feels like it comes out of nowhere, and yeah. it to me like brings the experience down a little bit. Yeah. Only because it's like it just it doesn't yeah. it's like a Deus Ex Machina type thing, and that's no fun for anybody really. Like yeah, just really. have shit happen. What I think they should have done is uh, explain that because he was in that low moment, and that the actual Lord of the Dark was all he needed was a vessel that was acceptable to that. And that he was taken over, I think that might have been a little bit easier to swallow than just that now he's the all-powerful Lord of the Dark. I think I'm like, Lord of the Dark, so I they, will be the Lord of the Dark, because that's what everyone thinks I am, so that's what he does. Yeah, they could have had, like, a speech bubble on the statue or whatever the fuck that you're down there with. It'd be like, it says something like, two, two senses. It's like, good, good, now you're weak, I can take over your body or something and then like show them just becoming the dark lord at that point and like oh okay that's what's happening but this dude just literally like fuck people i'm full of hate now i'm gonna call myself odio yeah and becomes the dark lord it's like okay <laughs> yeah because they kind of they like set that they set it up when you first when you fight the first dark lord they're like oh he is just a shadow of the dark lord or something like that you know like they, they had it right there they got they set you up they set up the the premise they just didn't capitalize or finish it. Yeah, that's weird. But I like the aesthetic, and I like the the bat, like the the way the characters their their moves were. So I had fun with that. Um, that's why, I, and I, you know, that's why I like the Middle Ages. They, I, I, I will admit, it's not the best story, but I had fun with it. So that's why I like. That's why I like that one. I think. I like uh, the general, I guess, theme of this whole like game is like life sucks essentially, <laughs> and you don't get that a lot in like JRPGs usually. Like uh, chapter, like the the Imperial China chapter, two of your disciples die no matter what, and I, I wasn't expecting that because I really hadn't like looked shit up 
like I just look people are like, oh just make sure you only level up one character or whatever. And I was like, okay. And it's like, oh fuck your your two disciples get murdered. Damn, that's pretty dark. That sucks. And then like you go to uh like the the near future chapter where like your your dad gets killed and all these people are just being turned into fucking like liquid mush and shit. Like some really dark shit's going on. Or even like uh, AI one where all those people die. I was like, oh, right. they're, and they're like, really doing it. And there's just like a dead body just chilling there. Yeah. <laughs> or like a, a lot of the stuff in this, like this game is really dark and it doesn't like try to pull that back or cover it up. So uh, maybe that's why like... it was never released here. Cause maybe in 94, it was like too dark for children and stuff, you know? Right. So they it was like, oh, <laughs> what's that? Yeah, maybe. Uh, oh yeah, because that was uh, that was back when Nintendo was being like super, like hardcore religious and stuff too, right? Like, because uh, there was stuff in games like they had crosses and stuff, and they were like, no, we can't do that. We can't, no references to like religion and stuff. Yeah. So they censored some stuff in that, in those games or whatever. But uh, this does bring us to the final chapter. If everybody is done mentioning the Middle Ages. Yeah, I'm good. Okie doke. So, this final chapter is called Dominion of Hate, and it's a little bit special, because out of all eight of these protagonists, you can choose one to be the leader of your party through this chapter, uh, with the exception of Orsted. If you choose Orsted, you play the final chapter in the perspective of the Lord of Dark. So they which did essentially... Before, they did it before sequel in 3. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> So, uh, if you pick him first, I'll just do that. Uh, you essentially uh, you find out that he's killed everybody uh, in this time period. Like he's the only person alive, and I guess he gets bored and he's like, "Fuck this shit! I'm gonna go uh, and make sure that the uh, different aspects of myself through the different time periods uh, succeed in stopping the heroes." So you go uh, and talk to their statues because uh, as you're going through this area uh, in the previous ch chapter, you see like the seven statues of all the bosses you killed before. Um, and in this chapter, uh, as Orsted, as the Dark Lord, you can interact with them and then redo that fight. Uh, but this time you're controlling the boss of that chapter and you or you're fighting against the, the heroes. And uh, what you the goal is to uh, beat them because... Um, Odio's, uh, I guess, philosophy is that they only lost because of circumstance or like luck, and he can prove that with the like the real powers of the Lord of the Dark or whatever, or through different circumstances that uh, they can win, and uh, like hate is the real, I guess, meaning of whatever. So he he kind of inhabits all their bodies. Uh, Feeds all the heroes, and depending on if you uh, trigger Armageddon or not, uh, you either uh, wipe, essentially, I guess, all life from the universe, uh, or you kill the heroes and the hatred spreads throughout the, the planets and the time periods, and uh, over, uh, I guess the darkness becomes uh, like supreme or some shit. Anyway, he wins. Uh, is the the end of that storyline. But if you go through any of the other seven protagonists, uh, 
Each one of them gets pulled through uh, space-time and arrives at the era, the Middle Ages, where the Dark Lord is ruling. Uh, again, everybody's dead, except this time uh, your chosen protagonist goes around and recruits the other uh, characters. You can only have four people in your party total, so when you go and find somebody, you have to either decide uh, between taking them or, or leaving them or kicking somebody else out of the party. Uh, depending on who you're controlling, you either have to fight the other person before they join you, uh, or they respect you, or uh, they realize that you're not trying to hurt them or whatever. Or like if you're sundown and you're trying to recruit uh, Masaharu, uh, he's like, yeah, you got a gun, man. I'm not going to fight you. Uh, so you do that, and you can either go straight uh, into the, uh, the last dungeon and fight uh, Odio, or you can do the optional side content which is each character has their own dungeon they can go through and get their ultimate weapon. Uh, sometimes there's a boss fight, sometimes there's different mechanics to the dungeons. Like Oberos is you have to fight random encounters until you fight shadows, and they drop keys and you need the keys to open doors. Uh, Cube's dungeon is uh, like, I guess, I don't want to call them mind puzzles, but they're like puzzles that you can do in the game. Uh, like sometimes your controls are switched around. Uh, sometimes you have to uh, walk in like a certain direction and like mirroring uh, like the directions the mirror is facing to like find the right path through the, uh, the area that you're in. Uh, other ones are just like going and killing shit. Uh, sundowns is you have like a couple seconds of light uh, and then like a brief instance where it's dark and then the, the light comes back and you're essentially got a time limit to get through his dungeon, and if you uh, stay there too long, you fight a super boss kind of thing. Uh, either way, once you eventually get to the end uh, of the dungeon, you confront Odio, and uh, after you defeat him the first time, you can either kill him, and if you do so, your characters are all trapped in this uh, era forever, or if you spare him, uh, you can return to the previous room where all the statues are. Each one of your characters uh, refights the bosses and uh you eventually win and odio comes out and he's like i don't understand why you guys keep winning uh hatred should be supreme i should be winning uh and he uh, turns he gets so mad that his hatred like manifests a demon uh that's the true final boss uh in each of the several the several the seven heroes that you have uh join the combat uh, and fight the boss, uh, but the boss is too strong. And uh, during the, the combat, you end up breaking Orsted out of his, uh, I guess, Dark Lord state, and uh, he ends up 1v1ing the boss at the very end. And he's able to, uh, I guess, redeem himself and destroy the hatred and the, the Dark Lord. Uh, but he still has enough Dark Lord power left in him to send everybody back to their time periods. And depending on the character and what ending you got with them you either have uh like a good ending or a bad ending or just a different ending uh but everybody lives happy happily ever after uh and there is a warning that uh odio keeps giving that uh, uh if people are consumed by enough hate then somebody will eventually make another dark lord kind of thing to keep in mind so i guess that's the like the going away message from the game creators Alrighty, so we had some typical Technical difficulties. Uh, Kevin lost his internet 
uh, and he does the recording, so I have no idea what the fuck I was saying before we got back here. Uh, yeah, we were like I guess, the final. I guess he'll... We're talking about the final boss is when the last thing uh, it dropped. So uh... okay, uh, I'll try to. If I retread ground, sorry, people listening, but you know whatever it is, it is what it is. We gotta do what we gotta do. Uh, so essentially, yeah, you fight the last bosses um, again with each of the characters. You win, and uh, Odio gets frustrated and he summons more of his uh, hatred because he knows that he should be able to win. Uh, he ends up manifesting this like, uh, I guess, pure uh, being of pure hatred. Um, and he, uh, the entire party, t- uh, all seven characters, uh, end up fighting against this uh, manifested, manifested hatred demon thing. Um, but uh, as the battle goes on, uh, everybody eventually is taken out and, uh, uh, I guess, restrained by like demonic energy. But during the fight, Orsted gets freed, and he ends up 1v1-ing the uh, demon and winning. Um, and he uses the last of his energy to send everybody back to their time period that they came from. And they presumably have uh, happy lives, but he does warn them that with uh, enough hate uh, in somebody's heart that another Dark Lord can be, uh, I guess, created. So did you, I guess, just watch out for that. So, um... For me, the this was, I guess, a weaker chapter of the game. I thought that, uh, again, like it has been mentioned, it went on a little too long. There's the, op- the optional content's okay, but for like the story section of the the chapter, uh, it's kind of like whatever. I guess I understand that they couldn't do too much because you're picking your own protagonist. Uh, but essentially, you're just like you're just getting your party and you're going to go fight the guy, and he just says stuff like. I hate everybody, and your party is like, okay, and you fight them. <laughs> so not really much to, to, I guess, work with on the story there. Uh, like, dialogue-wise, like, narratively-wise, like, you fight, your party fights the final boss who's an incarnation of hatred, and you win, and you go back home. So really nothing super phenomenal there. It's kind of okay. Uh, Kyle, what do you think? Yeah, the last chapter, I kind of felt the same. I thought it dragged a little bit on at the end. Um, I like the first Dark, uh, or, you know, Dark Ages chapter, but this one was just, it was just a little too much, honestly. I think they could have, they could have sped it up, but, but, I, you know, we got through it. I thought at least the ending was pretty good itself. Just, uh, just, yeah, like I said, shorten it up a couple hours. But yeah, I, I'm kind of with you guys. It's kind of got a little too long in the tooth at the end, so... I uh, enjoyed it, but yeah, it was a little, a little too long. Um, I don't know if you guys uh, said scores, but to me, the story there's some really good ones and some uh, in between ones and some kind of bad ones. So I'm gonna give it a four because uh, the good ones kind of like outshine some of the the lesser interesting ones to me. But uh, overall, I had a really good time. Yeah, I'm. Sorry, I'll just say I'm also gonna give it a four to five for pretty much the same reasons. Uh, some my some stories I really liked. Most of them were good, and only a couple were either bad or just non-existent. Yeah, I agree on this one. I actually have a three and a half out of five. Um, good time was a lot more fleshed out than I thought, and it was nice that the different eras didn't have the exact same hero versus ODO fight. Like they were a little bit different. 
Um, like we mentioned before, I enjoyed the non-combat stories. I thought they did a really good job with the story in this overall, but as we all said last chapter, just tone it down. So, uh, three and a half out of five. Sounds good. Alright, that brings us to musical break number two. Uh, I am picking for this one a song called Megalomania. It is a super boss and, I guess, end chapter boss theme. And it's, uh, pretty energetic. It's uh, actually actually one of apparently uh, Yoko Shimomura's most famous songs because it's been the inspiration for a lot of other people for their own tracks and stuff like that and it's I guess constantly uh, added to like her best of hits tracks or albums and stuff like that. So hope you enjoy. We all would have picked this. Yeah, it's, right. It's very good. Yeah, very good. <laughs> yeah.
welcome back. Alrighty. Visuals. Uh, Kyle, I'll let you start this one off. What'd you yeah, um, for this game? You know what? I thought they were amazing. Um, I can't really speak too much to the original Super Nintendo ones, besides the couple of pictures we've thrown on the Discord or, you know, with Peer or whatever, but... But damn, they did a really good job updating these, honestly. I think it looks great. The animations of all the attacks look really unique and different. I think the characters look really amazing. Um, one thing I usually get on with a lot of games is I think that the, the different eras are very well graphically represented, and I really do appreciate that. I honestly cannot think of a single thing to complain about in any way here like i really think everything's really really well done um and honestly um looked into it a little bit on the original it seems they did have uh actually seven different artists that originally created the artwork on the super nintendo so that i think is pretty cool i don't find a lot of games that do that they did not do that for the remake as far as i understand but just having that uh in general that's that's pretty awesome um I'm going to give this one a four and a half out of five, like really close to a perfect score out of me. I think it was really, really well done on the visuals. Um, but there's just nothing um, in particular that I would say I haven't ever seen before. And I think that's going to be like the five out of five for me is something that's just like jaw dropping. So four and a half out of five. Um, Kevin, what do you think about this one? Uh I think to me this is the best HD pixel game there is. Uh, I don't think I mean Octopath. Uh, I think this is what they're trying to, to do, um, and this just takes it to the next level. And uh, I think everything looks great. Um, the battle animations are all all unique. Um, there's a lot of different. Uh, even like when you get to the end game, like. The character sprites, they don't really reuse too many, I don't think. Uh, a lot of unique uh, enemies. I know that's the kind of thing, Nick, you don't like when they kind of just palette swap things. And I don't think they'd really do that too much. Because um, every era has, you know, unique enemies. When, when you get to the final chapter, yeah, there's some reskins re and stuff. But that's like, you know, everything combined. I, that makes more sense. So, um, But yeah, I think... Uh, there's not really much that I can complain about. Uh, I really don't have a negative. Uh, and I know some people don't like the pixel kind of uh, thing, but you know, this is what I grew up on. And it's like, if I, when I was like a kid, this is what I would want the game to look like. So, so to me, it's a five out of five. It's perfect to me. Nick, what about you? Uh, agree with both you guys uh, completely. This is also a 5 out of 5 for me, and I looked at uh, stuff from like the old uh, I guess the, the original version, and there the amount of things that are in this game that, that uh, are just like uh, pixel for pixel, like taken from the SNES version and just uh, like enhanced uh, is countless. Like all the enemy sprites are pretty much exactly the same from the SNES version to this one. Uh, they just spruced them up a little bit, and they look phenomenal. Um, the character, uh, like the weird character stuff that the that, that are in, like some of the attacks uh, are carryovers from the, the SNES version. Like uh, when Pogo does the scream, he does that weird fucking face. Uh, like they, it's literally from the SNES version. Uh, onto this one that looks exactly the same. So, 
the fact that they were able to keep that, make it look so good for this remake, and then supplement it with the 3D visuals for like the backgrounds and the environments and everything. Uh, it's all masterfully handcrafted, uh, and they did like a a perfect job. I don't think there's a better example of what a remake should be than this game. All right. Wait. Alrighty. Music voice acting. <clears throat> um, the composer for this game is Yoko Shimomura. Uh, we've been on a roll with her <laughs> works. I think we've done like a couple games in a row now with her. And then I know we've definitely done a few games in the past that have her on them, like Kingdom Hearts and uh, Legend of Mana. And I'm sure there's been other stuff that she's been in. Uh, very, very talented composer. Uh, a little bit of trivia for you. This is her first project at uh, Square Enix, or I guess Square at the time, Squaresoft, from when she was working, I guess, previously with Capcom. Uh, and she was the, as I said, sole composer for the original game. And I believe she's the sole, sole composer for this remake, where she uh, remastered the whole um, uh, album. And uh, I think she said she lost her original, like, sound files for the game or like they were gone they were missing so she had to make everything from scratch and she said there's lots of pressure to get everything right because she knows how beloved the the game is in japan um and i i'm giving this section a five out of five just for the music alone um but the voice acting itself uh is also pretty good i've noticed i think a lot of them were uh they did i they, it feels like the, I guess, the voice the acting director or people, whoever whoever picked people to do the voice acting were out of their way to get people that aligned with the era. Uh, like, I noticed there were, presumably, in the credits, uh, like, Chinese folk who spoke English who did the voice acting for, like, the Imperial China section because when they were they speaking, they had, like, a, a bit of an accent. Um, so it felt, a lot of the voice acting felt proper for the time period um and uh you know everything was great like one of the best soundtracks i've ever heard in my life i thought voice acting was superb uh at all the sound effects for like all the combat stuff was great uh if i could the other the only reason i would give it like a, a dock a half a point is for the fucking prehistoric era shit but i'm not going to because that's it's it's fitting for what it is but it's just i don't like it <laughs> but uh i guess uh Kyle, what's your opinion on this yeah so um i'm kind of in the same realm we've done a lot of yoko shimamura but it's i'm appreciating that honestly um way bigger discography library than i thought and uh, i've really enjoyed a lot of it um clearly a lot of good choices choices in the games we've all said megalomania definitely being the most popular um but another thing you know i always say this i, I really like that the the music was very different between the different eras and made me feel like i was in the different eras even for the most part except for you know japan the voice acting was really good in a lot of the areas as well. I think that's actually super cool. Um, kind of the same thing I said with Radiant Historia on our last episode. You can tell the similarities between uh, Shimomura games, um, definitely kind of using the same, um, you know, the same basic uh, chords and stuff like that. 
um, happens not only from other games into this, or I guess this into other games in the future, but it even happens between the different areas, or eras, sorry, and it resonates throughout the game. Um, so really, I do think it was um, a really good soundtrack, good voice acting, um, and I guess I did think it was cool that the prehistory didn't have any dialogue, because, you know, like I said, written words probably didn't exist back then, so that's kind of what they did. Um, I'm going to give this one, you know what, I'm actually going to bump it up, I'm going to give this 5 out of 5. I think they really did a good job with, with everything in this music and voice acting. Yeah, I'm right with you guys, uh, and like I said before, I'm not uh, normally big on music. I usually, it's I'm indifferent towards it, but I really notice the tracks. Like, there's a lot, usually I can pick one, or sometimes I have trouble picking one. Uh, because I, I don't really have one I like. This is like the opposite. I had like three or four that I really liked, so it was hard for me to pick one that I like more than the others. I really like the China, you know, the, the China one, the ones from the China Chinese era, and uh, I like the West one, the Western ones too. And yeah, it was uh, there's it was all good, and you know, the voice acting was yeah, like you said, there's a couple that maybe were misses, but majority just knocked it out of the park. So. Um, yeah, it's hard to not give this a five. So to me, it's a five out of five. Uh, can't, I mean, I mean, that's high praise from Nick to say that, um, you know, he does, there's not, you can't think of a soundtrack that's better or whatever you like close to it or whatever. So, uh, that it's, it's amazing. So if you even just listen to the music, I mean, there's not a lot of tracks, so you can probably get through it, you know, in a, in a half hour or an hour. So, right, cause like kind of how Kyle was saying, like each era that you're in feels very distinct. So, it's a, a multifaceted thing. Like you are, you don't spend too much time in each era, so you don't have, usually, you don't have enough time to get bored of anything that's happening there. Uh, so, when you're listening to the like, the music, uh, it's usually the same kind of song uh like the same battle theme and then you're like in the overworld or whatever you're like in a town and so you have a theme for that and then like stuff happens and it's like exciting and you have a theme for that and there's generally like three or four or five songs per uh era but they're all distinct enough that uh they and and well i guess well crafted enough for for that particular era that it gives each uh place you're in uh like an identity that's not supported just by the visuals but by the music as well and that's i feel like very hard to do in a lot of games but knock it out of the park here and that will bring us to musical break number three uh kevin what did you pick for this i picked the shifu descends from the mount uh this is in the chinese era where you're the shifu and you're literally walking down the mountain to find your disciples and I don't know, this this just, uh, sticks in my head. And I mean, it was between this and some other Western one. And there's another one from the Chinese era that I really like. So there's like three that are all on the same level to me. But this one, for whatever reason, when I was going through them, like stuck out the most. So this is the Shifu Descends from the Mount. <laughs> Thank you. 
Okay. Replayability, extra content, trophies. Uh, Kevin, how do you how do you feel about this section? Uh, replayability, um, not so much. Like, I think I would play it again, but I would want to like you know five to ten years before I come back to it. Um, it's not like like we we always say it's like replayability is not uh, like for RPGs. There's not really that much replayability. Um, extra content, yeah, you could do the like. I think it, it gets a point or two for, you know, getting all the main characters and, uh, you know, kind of doing that finale type thing, which you don't have to do. Um, or like even the the extra bosses and extra dungeons they give. There's extra stuff to do. Um, there's secret bosses to find, so there's extra content in there. Um, trophy wise, uh. I didn't, it was not a terrible trophy list. The only thing I didn't like was having to beat the game twice in a row. Like, going through the whole final boss fight, and then doing all eight of those extra boss fights. And then another one on top of that, twice, just to get that trophy where you don't recruit all the characters. I thought was kind of a cheap one. Other than that, I didn't think there was anything that was too egregious that was annoying to me. Um... So, I'm going to give it a two and a half. Okay. Uh, Kyle, what's your opinion on this section? Yeah, so um, now that we've changed this off of just replayability and doing more extra content and trophies, um, I think there is a little bit of replayability if you want to get some different aspects of the story. But the nice thing about this game is you can just jump into whatever separate timeline you want. And you can leave and re-enter it and go to other timelines and even save over it, and they won't go anywhere. So you actually get a little bit um, extra from that, I suppose. Otherwise, really, um, extra content, yeah, there's some extra bosses, there's some side route stuff. You can do um, Edo Tokyo or you know, uh, Japan era. You can do that in two different routes. So there's a little bit there, and the trophies don't seem too bad overall. I didn't personally play it myself. Um, I didn't get all the aerial items, which are the um, stop all... It's like the endgame stuff. Uh, I think it stops all sort of uh, status effects against the final bosses and things like that. But um, overall, I think there is a lot to do, so I'm going to give this a 3 out of 5 for extra content trophies in particular. Okay. Uh, for me, I think the replayability of this game uh, depends on how much enjoyment you get out of each of the chapters. I'm sure, like as we've seen, everybody has their own favorites. Uh, and there may be a time where you just want to go back and just play that particular scenario, if that's what you want to do. And the good thing is you can do that in an evening. You can get off work, drop two hours into your favorite scenario, whatever, replay it uh re-experience it and uh then you could just put the game away i guess if that's what you want to do it's very very bite bite-sized uh, i guess commute consumable and it i feel like uh it respects your time a lot except if you're trying to uh do the some of the extra content super bosses uh where those are you uh are less you just dive into the content and more you have to grind uh like levels for characters to be able to actually overcome the content 
in a reasonable manner. Like you can do some of the content like lower leveled or uh, like not quite uh, like as prepared as you could be and you'll struggle through it and it's possible but to make yourself uh, like I guess less stressed about what's going on uh, you, it does require some grinding. Um, and then like Obro stuff if you don't grind uh, at all and you do like a new kill run I don't know how you're supposed to beat that because you don't find anything until the bosses. Uh, I, I, maybe it's possible. I wouldn't personally try it. Um, the trophies themselves are generally you play the games, uh, like each of the scenarios. Maybe there's like a mis miscellaneous thing you have to do in each scenario. Uh, like you go out of your way like a couple minutes uh, to get a trophy. Not a big deal. Uh, the final chapter super bosses, I thought uh, in general were uh, interesting in how you fight some of them. Uh, like for example, one of them is when you meet Odio, you have to just run away. And he's like, you can't escape uh, any sense a headhunter after you. Uh, and that's pretty neat, uh, because I personally never would have thought to do that uh, if I was like playing the game without a guide, so I'd never find that guy. Uh, I would also never run away a hundred times to fight the, the death uh, panther dude, whatever the fuck his name is. Uh, so there's all kinds of like, hidden stuff you, that you can go out of your way and find. Uh, however, uh, I, again having to like grind and stuff for this extra content to be able to like do it is really uh what i guess removes a lot of points for me from this category so i'm just going to give it a two and a half all righty overall experience like i say every time overall experience for me is expectation versus reality yeah it sounded good nice yeah, no, re no reverb or whatever this time. So that's good. Mm -hmm. uh, overall experience. Uh, this is a little bit different for everybody. It's kind of our own subjective uh, take on the category. So uh, I will start off. And for me, uh, it's usually what I, uh, I guess, was expecting from the game, <clears throat> from what everybody else has been saying about it. Uh, like all the like the views, all the hype, stuff like that, and then uh, how I felt coming away from it. And I had heard mixed things about it. Like Travis said, it fucking sucked. Uh, but then like everybody else was like, oh, it's a pretty good game. And I, but he only played the SNES. He only played the SNES. Right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So he needs to play this one. I think we've pressured him in, in the in the Discord about it. But yeah. this is if I had played the SNES one, I don't think I would like it as much as the remake uh i think i still would think it was a good game yeah um but i don't think i would love it like i've loved uh, the game come away from it because i was expecting an average game and the experience i got was uh it blew me away uh it's it, it was a rough start doing the prehistoric shit uh, and doing the grinding for that but i do like also grinding and like beating super bosses and shit and, and the gratification you get from like developing strategies and uh getting like over overcoming those situations uh so it was a slower start for me also because i fucking hated the prehistoric chapter <laughs> like i'm big on story and stuff and dialogue and uh so that was it started off rough but then it got really really good and i went back and did some like prehistoric stuff uh, again a little bit later just to see if my opinion of it changed and because i had gotten i guess used to the gameplay and mechanics and stuff like that at the time 
uh, I liked the chapter a little bit more, uh, like once I understood everything. So, uh, for me, I, I would say this is probably one of the, the best games uh, I've ever played, and I would highly recommend it to everybody, whether or not you're a fan of RPGs or not. Uh, I think it's very accessible, uh, which is also a big uh, thing. So if you don't play RPGs usually for whatever reason, or JRPGs, I guess especially, I don't think that you, anybody would struggle playing and beating this game. Um, it's a phenomenal game. I can't praise it enough, uh, and I'm giving it a five out of five. Boom! <laughs> wow. Uh, so. <laughs> I think, I think Kevin might have a similar opinion to me, so I'm gonna let Kyle have it, have it right now. There it is. Five <laughs> out of five, bitch. Oh, we're a real podcast now. Oh god. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit! What if we're doing that right. shit with this one? Um. So yeah, I uh, I had way more fun with this game than I thought I would. Um, in all honesty, I really did. I I thought the individual chapters were extremely fun, and they had a great pacing to them. Uh, I believe all of us did the chronological order, and I think that is one of the better routes to play the game. But honestly, it doesn't really matter. You can kind of do whatever you want, and I think that's that's the best thing overall about this game. Is it's kind of whatever you want to make it. Um, so, like we said before, if you want to just jump in and play, like, an hour or two a night, you could beat one or two scenarios, or you could get halfway through another one. Like, there's a whole lot of variation to it. So I do think that is pretty cool. Um, I will say that the last final chapter was kind of boring for me, though. Um, after you get everything and collect all the stuff, your levels by then are good enough where you don't really need it, so it's kind of just doing it to do it, and... Heck, we're kind of trophy hunters, a few of us at heart, so so it makes sense, but I think there was just a little more they could have tightened up in the back end to make it a little bit better. Um, I'd suggest this game to anyone who likes any older pixel games, any JRPGs. If you can get it on sale, get it. I think it's worth the price then. And honestly, I think this game would have been even better if it was brought over a couple of years earlier. Um, maybe they were a little behind on it, but, but again, you know, if you like these kind of games, if you like RPGs in general, even if you don't, you want to try something like like Nick said, give this a try. Um, I'm going to give it a 4 out of 5 overall. Um, like I said, really good. The only things for me, I think a little bit more difficulty would have been nice in certain areas, but but that's really the only thing I have. Yeah. Uh, Alright, Kevin, bring us home. <laughs> Nick, I am on the same level as you. Uh, this game is amazing. It's probably the epitome of a pic, uh, HD pixel game. Uh, if you love like old school and Super Nintendo pixel games, uh, you gotta play this. You have to. Um, I loved it. I didn't think my my expectations was like tempered. I was like, I think it'll be a decent game, kind of like how I was surprised with uh, what were those games you picked, Nick? Uh, man it's not the mana games but the, <laughs> i'm so bad you have to be a little more specific because like was it a good game it picked or a bad game it picked good game oh bait and kaidos right <laughs> <laughs> a good game you picked uh yeah okay uh anyway what, what what was going on with this game i, I want to know what it is then 
Like, you have any more than just it was a, a game I picked? It's the one I liked. Uh, okay. Fuck your solar. Solar or all those other ones. It's uh. Not pathologic. No. Uh, not tactics ogres. Nope. Before that. Before that, fuck. Uh, okay. I gotta dive into the fucking. Uh, yeah, it's it's getting late, so my brain's not working. The chain echoes. You picked Chain Echoes? Didn't I? No. You picked yeah, you picked Midnight Suns, and I picked Chain Echoes, and then uh, Kyle picked Sweeping Five. No, I picked Sweeping and Five. I think Kyle picked You Chain. picked it? Uh, oh, oh, Kyle didn't come in until Outer like, Worlds? Or maybe like... Huh? No, I definitely didn't pick Outer Worlds. Fuck that. No, I picked Outer Worlds. That was a mistake by me. <laughs> that was my bad. We talked about Romancing Saga. Yes, Romancing Saga. So, oh, there you go. Okay. I was, I was kind of thinking it'd be like a romancing saga where it was good and I would be pleasantly surprised, but I wasn't gonna. I didn't think it was gonna be a Mazeballs like crazy awesome game <laughs> that, like in my opinion, they should have put on the like they should have ported the SNES version back in the day. I think it would have been just as big. I think it would have been huge if they would have done that back then. And this remaster would probably be a lot more, uh, probably would have sold a lot more and more people would have played it. That being said, uh, the only thing I would say is don't start with prehistoric. I think if you're going to have, if I were to suggest this to someone, I would say pick what kind of era you like and go with that. Like whether it's Western or, you know, China or Japan, one of those ones like where it's kind of, you can kind of dig into it a little bit, because um, yeah, prehistoric. Well, might, if someone were to start with that, they might not like the game and might nope out of it too soon, if, without giving it a chance, you know. Um, so I would say start with something else. Um, but uh, I think this is one of those other ones where I'm with you and I am. Give it, a, give it a five <laughs> out of five, baby. <laughs> so. Oh my god! All right. <laughs> fucking what is it? What even is that thing? Is it a horn or something? Yeah, the it's air, horn. Just air horn. Air horn. Air horn. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, oh, baby. God. Found the soundboard. There we go. Well, now if my wife listens, she can laugh at me. <laughs> god help us. <laughs> oh shit! Oh. All right. Uh, so, uh, I guess we'll take a musical break and then close out the show and uh, I guess wrap it up. So, uh, musical break number four. It is Kyle's pick. Uh, which pick for us? All right. So, uh, again, I like the Wild West. For some reason, Wild West music just does it for me, but I picked the one non-whistling song, uh, which is Sancho de los Panchos. The mariachi group inside the bar in the Wild West area will play this jam for you if you ask them after they set their traps. Great one. Um, get them to do it. Absolutely fantastic. Hope everyone enjoys.
Alrighty. Well, as usual, thanks a lot for sticking with us for this show, everybody. Um, it was definitely, I think, a great experience that we had, and uh, it'll be the last good game I picked for a while. Oh, <laughs> I'm no. kidding. I don't know. I don't know. Tactics uh, in the future. But I can tell you what uh, Kyle's picking. Uh, what are you picking, Kyle, for the next show? All right. Uh, next one up, we kind of talked about it in the Discord before, but I'm going to do it uh, for real this time because I thought it was an absolutely fantastic game. We are going to go over Sea of Stars. Um, had a really, really fun time with it. Hope some people can uh, join us playing it as well. And uh, I really think we're we're all going to have a pretty decent one with it. I believe um, at least me and Kevin have probably beaten it already. <laughs> I have not beaten it. I think Nick's beaten it. Oh, you haven't? Oh, Nick, you beat it? Sorry. I beat it, and I'm playing it again. Because... Ah, yeah. I am also going to start again. I'm excited for Wheels. I need a good minigame. Let's go. Oh, yeah. A little, bit, little less RNG, though, hopefully. Or at least good RNG. <laughs> <Me>. yeah. <laughs> oh, boy. Alrighty. Uh, well, uh, anybody else have anything they want to add before we close out the show? Do we have any emails or anything to check? I can check that. We didn't have any last time, so... We did get feedback. I'm not thinking... Uh, Blaine did give us some feedback that he did like uh, the Brent stuff, so he said it was good hearing Brent's voice. So we're going to keep doing it until some, we get some more, if any, negative feedback. But I like hearing his voice, too. I like having a little bit more Brent uh, still in the in the pod. Right. Well, you know, if anybody has a problem with the fucking Brent line, they can go fuck themselves. So. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we say it. Anyway, we keep doing so it anyway. Well, you might as well have the one person that says it good say it. You know, like we right. We screw it up every time. <laughs> uh, no, nope, no emails. What a shame. Oh boy. Guess, but, yeah. While we're on the topic, we do have an email address. You can email us at rpgshow.podcast at gmail dot com. Uh, what were you gonna say, Kevin? I no, I wasn't gonna say anything. Okay. Uh, we also do have a Discord, and we mention it all the time. Uh, we have people come in, not say anything. So if you do join, feel free to talk. Uh, nobody will be mean to you, except maybe Travis. But you can just tell him to go fuck himself. Uh, we have a Facebook page that uh, Kevin updates with the new episodes every time he puts them out. We do have an Amazon affiliate link. You can click on that. Uh, Steal a couple of shekels from Jeff Bezos. And give it to us if you'd like. Uh, you can also check out our friends Blaine and James on the Is It Worth It podcast. Uh, also, Kevin and Blaine do Video Games the Movie. Uh, that's two podcasts worth checking out. Uh, at least that's what I've been told. I haven't listened to them, so I can't really attest to their quality, but I imagine they're pretty good. They're about as good as this one, so... <laughs> take, oh god take that's that awful. as you will <laughs> <laughs> never mind don't listen to those <laughs> do something <laughs> I'm just kidding uh, but as always thanks everybody for listening and until next time bye everybody bye everyone bye now